This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday, April 21st. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer who pressed his knee into George Floyd's neck, killing him, was found guilty on all charges. The verdict arrived after 10 hours of deliberations over two days and was read late in the afternoon in a city on edge against the possibility of more unrest like what erupted last spring. Chauvin was found guilty on charges of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. The most serious charge carries up to 40 years in prison. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney called for a citywide prayer Tuesday night. Wherever you are, in whatever manner aligns with your faith, please pray for peace, justice, wisdom, and unity, uh, said the city in a news release. Philadelphia's local leaders have been preparing for any reaction to the verdict. Roughly 1,000 Pennsylvania National Guard members uh, work are currently in the city at the request of Mayor Kenney. Floyd died uh, last May after Chauvin, a 45-year-old now-fired police officer, pinned his knee on or close to the 46-year-old man's neck for about nine and a half minutes. Floyd gasped that he couldn't breathe and onlookers yelled at Chauvin to get off. The jury was made up of six white people and six black or multiracial people. President Joe Biden spoke from the White House hours after the verdict alongside Vice President Kamala Harris with the pair saying the country's work is far from finished with the verdict. We can't stop here, Biden declared. Biden and Harris called on Congress to act swiftly to address uh, policing reform, including uh, by approval by approving a bill named for Floyd. Beyond that, the president said the entire country must confront hatred uh, to change hearts and minds as well as laws and policies. The bail has been raised for a former Bucks County, Pennsylvania police officer accused of sexually abusing four teens while he worked as a D.A.R.E. officer. During a bail modification hearing Tuesday, Bucks County uh, President Judge Wallace H. Bateman Jr. called the original $100,000 bail set for former Warminster Township police officer James Carey woefully inadequate. 52-year-old Carey was arrested on April 7th and is facing 122 counts of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, statutory sexual assault, Aggravated indecent assault and other related charges. Yeah. The same day of his arrest, he posted the 10% of the $100,000 bail. Uh, Judge Bateman raised the amount to $250,000 cash bail on Tuesday. Bucks County First Assistant District Attorney uh, Jennifer Scorn argued that Carey poses a danger to the community if he remains free. She also argued that he should be considered a flight risk uh, because he still has his credentials as a retired police officer, which allow him to legally carry a firearm throughout the country. According to authorities, the alleged incidents happened between 1987 and 2009, while Carey was working at elementary, middle, and high schools. According to an 80-page uh, pre- uh, presentment, the alleged incidents happened inside Carey's home, in his hot tub, and recreation center bathrooms while in police uniform. Officials are worried that there are uh, additional victims. Uh, he was uh, a he was a wolf in sheep's clothing, preying on those who trusted him, said DA Matt Weintraub earlier this month. Prosecutors say Carey had had a co-molester, Chuck Goodenough, who recently died by suicide. The pair volunteered with the Boy Scouts and the Warminster De- uh, Department's Fire Explorer Program. And that's what the those type of predators do. They yeah. put themselves yes. in those situations it, it, and, on and purpose. A lot of times when you see these specials and, you know, they'll... they'll 
you've got to be leery. You know, you always have to vet these people. It's it's a horrifying truth, Preston. Yep. Um, so there are some other leads. Unfortunately, that there are other victims. Detectives are currently following those leads. Carrie's attorney said his client is innocent. Vaccine advisors for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention meet Friday to make recommendations for use of the Johnson and Johnson's COVID nineteen vaccine after it was put on hold to investigate a potential link to serious blood clots. The CDC and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration recommended a pause on use of the J&J coronavirus vaccine last week following six reported U.S. cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot. They are investigating whether there are more uh, more cases and whether other types of blood clots might be associated with the vaccine. The pause was also intended to give experts time to inform doctors about how to look for and treat these clots. The CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices met on April 14th, but members said that they needed more information about the J&J vaccine and the blood clot cases. On a separate line, clot is one of those words. <laughs> right? Yeah. Clot is never good. No. We should change that. Maybe start like naming your pets clot, clot. or children or something yeah. along those lines. Right. To make yeah. it more benign. Yeah. Yeah. We well, made you a little clot. Oh, I put a little extra clot in your lunch pan. No, you know what? I don't think we want to. I don't think we want to water this one down. Clot needs to stay what it is. All right, all right. The committee delayed making a decision because there will likely be more reports of blood clots connected to the vaccine, and members need to understand the demographics of those cases. Friday's meeting could play out a few different ways. It could be recommended that use of the vaccine resume with no changes, or the committee could recommend that the U.S. stop using the J and J vaccine altogether. Johnson and Johnson will resume its COVID nineteen vaccine rollout in Europe, the company announced Tuesday with added packaging labels warning of a rare risk of blood clots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. Dr. Anthony Fauci said Sunday he believes the U.S. will likely resume use of Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine with a warning or restriction attached. In sports this morning... <laughs> The Phillies lost to the San Francisco Giants last night at the ballpark. Buster Posey had his first multi-home run game in nearly five years. Alex Dickerson and Wilmer Flores also connected during a six-run eighth inning, and the Giants rallied past the Phillies. 10 to 7. Tommy LaStella also hit a home run for the Giants, who got all of their runs via the long ball. The series wraps up this afternoon, and Zach Eflin will get the start game time. Is at 105. The Sixers will look to bounce back from their loss against the Golden State Warriors on Monday when they host the Phoenix Suns tonight. The Sixers are still in first place in the Eastern Conference with a record of 39 and 18, while the Suns are in second in the West at 41 and 16. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock, and the Flyers are off until tomorrow night when they'll travel to Manhattan to play the Rangers. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kat. So Wednesdays mean a couple things. Uh, we have a secret text word. Yeah, prize. We have a chance for you to win a digital download of Vanquish, the intense action thriller that shows what desperation can drive a person to do. Ruby Rose and Morgan Freeman are in that. Right, <laughs> so text the word secret to 39333. We're going to set a word to you, and we'll ask you to call later on with that word. Designated caller gets the prize, and we'll... Grab a random text or two. Now, on top of that, even better, you know, free movie download is great. Yeah, absolutely. But $500 is pretty amazing. So, we'll do the money clip at 8 and at 10. So, get yourself set for that. Fox, good day. We'll see if we'll check in with those guys. We also have a couple of guests on the show, too. We have the gentleman, the founder and co-creator of the book series, 
chicken soup for the soul. And Nick had mentioned, you know, this guy's available for an interview. And then he goes, you know, he sold 500 million <laughs> books. And I was like, oh, okay. I knew the series was popular. And I remember right when that first book oh, came it out. it was huge. But they have since spawned loads of different versions of it. Chicken yeah. soup for your butt. It's chicken soup for your butt. The new book, though, be. Preston, uh, I think... I love this concept. It's simply, it's called ask. And it's basically, you don't know if you ask, but supporting the theory that simply by asking in life, you can propel yourself forward. Okay. Something that, that's where like chicken soup for the soul became so popular. It's some, it's stuff we all sort of know, but just needed a reaffirmation. All right. So we will, uh, we'll talk to Mark Victor Hansen. He is, he's the dude. Yes. He's the chicken soup dude. (laughs) He's He's, my God. He's the chicken dude. (laughs) And so, uh, we'll you talk- pray to him. I pray to him every night. Oh, I have a little uh, statue in my closet with some votive candles. We'll see if he knows about Gene Simmons' infatuation and <laughs> treats him as a deity. We'll Absolutely. see if he knows about that. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen, <laughs> and then we will also have Jim Davidson. He is got a book called The Next Everest. He is he survived an avalanche on Mount Everest. Yeah, this so doing the research wow. on this story. Holy hell! Yeah, so it's uh, the <laughs> subtitle of the book is Surviving the Mountain's Deadliest Day and Finding the Resilience to Climb Again. I mean, it's like surviving a lightning strike while being attacked by a shark. You yeah, know what right. I mean? On the oh, back of a tiger. And by yes. the way, I, there was an Everest news story I read this morning. The first case of COVID at base oh, camp God. has been great. So I'll have to ask him about that, too. So uh, it's going to be an interesting day, uh, conversation-wise. We have, and to top all of that, wow! Nick got this email. I want to thank Kate Artucci. Oh, uh, for email. Do you know Katie? I'm, I see Kate's name pop all the time. Yeah, Katie Artucci. She had emailed in and she said, "Good morning." And she wrote, "For some odd reason, I got a ta- a calendar alert that it is." Talk like Bill Weston Day today. <laughs> Not really? sure why, but in any event, I hope you guys have an A plus show today, and that all your stools have three legs. <laughs> uh, Santa's got to go. Oh, why is what that, that just that weird? I hate that. Something's it wrong. Makes me so mad. Yeah, they that. Throws off the audience. Yeah, so they're driving t- in the car, they think they're going down. <laughs> today is uh, Talk Like Bill Weston Day. <laughs> Don't do it. What what is your advice to people who want to talk like Bill West? Uh, watch Ted Knight in Mary okay. Tyler Moore. You have yeah. to project. Yeah. You got to project. You, you got you to speak from the diaphragm. Yes. Be be possessed of your knowledge. That's right. Even if it may not be accurate. <laughs> if you're in front of other people, the uh, hand gestures are helpful. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. If you're in person, you you must you must gesture with each thing that you say and never utter one accurate pop culture reference. And also be highly offensive where your HR department would probably oh fire anyone else. Oh. Kathy, you that. on the rag today? Oh God. You're acting like a bitch. Bill, I can't say that. No, Bill, you're not allowed to say that. When you injured, sorry, I wasn't going to tell you guys this story because I I, I think <laughs> Bill was trying to be genuine okay. the other day but oh, no. so he came into the studio um last friday and you guys were all gone and i was the only one still in here oh, no. and he was like looking around and and uh so we started talking and he's like oh you have any plans this weekend he was being very nice and he's I said, great yeah. yeah i said well i chickened out of uh botox again and i canceled my appointment uh and he goes you don't need botox your face your face looks great he goes it's really 
because what? it's really, you know, only if a light is shining on that you can see the lines <laughs> in your forehead. Dude. He's trying. He's trying. He was trying. Yeah, yeah. He was trying uh, to yeah. be nice. Like, I was, I said to, I forget <laughs> who I was talking to after. I said, I think he could have stopped at your Facebook yeah. yeah. right. site. He just right. left right. there. He didn't have to talk it's about It's only the when light. there's a bright light can you see the yes. ghastly crevices. <laughs> During the daytime. In the dark, you look yeah. wonderful. <laughs> you look fantastic in pitch black dark. You look I perfect. wonder how many climbers we'd find trapped in your forehead. No offense. <laughs> Don't take this the wrong way. Uh, uh. We, be- we better wait till daylight before we go searching for them. Oh, wow. So, Well, why is it Talk Like Bill Weston Day? Is what I, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Nick yeah. had said this over. He said, I don't remember the origins of this email, but it made me laugh. So I guess maybe we had uttered that at some point. Maybe Let's see was, if we can find the audio. Maybe if there was a, there was a Talk Like a Pirate Day thing and we, we, we piggybacked with, uh, you know, Talk like Bill Weston Day. I have no idea, but I love the idea. It is great. And if we just want to randomly choose April 21st and sure. <laughs> talk like Bill Weston Day, then so be it. For no reason other than you get to talk like Bill Weston for a day. One of the greatest moments was him coming into the studio and he comes in and he says, I just want, I do talk that way. Dear God. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> it's not all the time. It's, no. It's no. certain times that, that, he, that he starts to project like this. <laughs> he does it in the Santa call. I mean, he does. He's like, he goes. Are you putting me on? Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Casey. Then you have have the very calm Bill who speaks like this, right? Yeah, just trying to. Import, impart some important information to you. Yep. Uh, that ends quickly. And it, yeah, yeah. So, anyhow. Uh, back to Kathy's forehead. Yes. <laughs> the gigantic forehead. And the fact that she's on the rag. I Maybe we that. can do a promotion where we lead donkey trails down into... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so we should take a break because we got a lot to get to. There's several stories in the entertainment report and a stupid question with a prize awaiting. We will return in just a moment. Hang with us. On this Wednesday morning. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so for the stupid question, we have a $50 Metro Diner gift card. Casey watched uh, Back to the Future last night, so he posed a question to me. I didn't know the answer, but I have it here. Maybe you know. What kind of dog food does Doc Brown feed Einstein? Mm-hmm. And we've learned this in the beginning of the movie in a little sequence. Right. And if you happen to have caught what brand of dog food that was, then you can call now and give us the answer. 215-263-WMMR is the number. Let's see if you know what kind of food, dog food, uh, Doc Brown uh, feeds Einstein. All right. We'll go through birthdays. And there's a lot of them today on Wednesday, April 21st. Oh, let's start with a biggie. It's Tony Danza's birthday. Hey! Tony Danza. Tony Danza hey. is 70 years old today. Still don't know why Nick's dad hates me so much. And, uh, yeah, Nick's dad loathes Tony Danza. You know, I, I recently rewatched an episode of uh, Who's the Boss, and yeah. uh, my dad was right. 
<laughs> it's a awful show. I was wondering if, if no, your I'm, dad and Tony Danza vied for your mother's affection. No, at one no, point. my dad loved Taxi too. You know, he, he thought yeah. Tony was funny on that. But uh, who's the boss? Just uh, terrible. Just and bad. you know, we are complete opposite of <laughs> Nick's family because who's the boss was like that was appointment TV. Yeah. That was something that I sat I thought down. It was a fun show. Well, you were my, Alyssa Milano, but I, I sat down with my parents. We would watch it together. And yes, people compared me when right. I was younger to or say that I could you know pass for Alyssa Milano. There you and go. Tony Danza in that show reminded me of my dad, of my okay. own oh, father. So really? it was like, yeah, like we. Hey, were... I banged Janice Joplin. <laughs> what? No, yeah, but there's just. Angela, I got to tell you something. We were at Woodstock and I banged Janice Joplin. So but anyway. Nick and his dad have this hate when you <laughs> say Tony Danza's name, and I'm like, oh, Tony. Tony is uh, 70 years old today. Uh, a guy who we were just smitten with, James McAvoy, celebrates his birthday today. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, we've had a, a couple of encounters with him, but the last conversation we had was so awesome. And he's he's dating a Delco gal. He is. Yeah. And they live together. And, uh, and he knows Delco. They don't live together? They don't live together, but she did move did. to London for him. She's actually a friend of mine. Um, and uh, he, they have two, I mean, I think... You know, whatever. But they have two separate uh, spots because he has to live further out um, where his child is uh, and she lives in the city. Uh, but he's fantastic. The uh, the movies with uh, with M Night Shyamalan and uh, the Last King of Scotland and uh, the X Men series. He was fantastic. He's is excellent. Uh, he's uh, forty two today. Uh, Charles Grodin. Yes. Uh, from everything from Midnight Run to Heaven Can Wait <laughs> to one of our favorite pre- one of our favorite person. Yes. The Lonely Guy. Oh my God. I forgot. Yes, him and Steve Martin. And by the way, it's Talk Like Bill Weston Day. We didn't. Mm. We just found that out earlier. Hmm? Mm. Uh, he was in Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait. <laughs> That's right. Heaven Can Wait. One more time. Heaven Can Wait till another day. Uh, his his subtleties in his comedy are That's just his the thing. best. Yeah, man. and he was in the he was in the original version of the Heartbreak Kid, which is a great movie. Uh, you know, and it says here he was in Rosemary's Baby. I don't remember that. Maybe he had a small role. He must have had a really small role. Uh, but he's eighty. Six years wow. old. Today. Oh my God! Oh my goodness! Remember for a while he had a talk show. I think yeah. it was on uh, MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy McDowell, the actress, Groundhog Day. That's my favorite Andy McDowell yeah. role. That's where she's the most approachable and and I think the cutest. Uh, Sex lies videotape for weddings and a funeral and so on. She is sixty three. Uh, it's also Iggy Pop's birthday. Iggy, yeah. Uh, Iggy Pop turns seventy four years old. Wow. Did you guys see him perform at Bam's? Wedding, wedding. Yeah. yeah. Bam's first wedding. Uh, he and the Stooges they they reunited at Bam's wedding. It was yeah. pretty wild, man. And they were great. <laughs> they were they were they were awesome. And it, and we were just we were in a, a hotel downtown at a uh, uh, in, <laughs> That's in, Bam in for one you. of their in one of their you know big uh, banquet rooms. And sure enough, the freaking Stooges got up on stage. Freaking Stooges. It was yeah. it was pretty special. So. Oh yeah, I mean, was at the Lowe's. It was at the Lowe's? Yeah. Okay. He's uh, 74 today, Iggy Pop. Time to put the shirt on. Uh, it's also Robert Smith's birthday today of The Cure. I love The Cure. Yeah. I've loved them, uh, you know, since I first heard them years ago and I got to into what they call progressive rock at that time. And uh, great stuff. Yeah, great. He is, uh... You guys played uh, soccer with him. 
Uh, I did not. Okay. Uh, the WDRE, we did have a, uh, a soccer match against Secure. I, I wasn't there that day, uh, but it, I do have a couple of video clips, which is pretty wild. Uh, seeing Robert Smith out on the pitch, kicking the ball around, but he's, he's a soccer fan, and they love to play. I don't remember if our team won or not, uh, but uh, Robert is 62 today. Uh, it's Tony Romo's birthday. Huh. Uh, I know. I just, uh, he is good, no, though, Case. You said know, it. Yeah. Listen. He, Oops. he I don't, I don't like him as a quarterback for the Cowboys because you know, yeah, uh, it's obvious. He, he's a great analyst for CBS football. Uh, he's a great analyst, and I do like his uh, his Corona commercials. And so. he's an outstanding golfer, apparently. So I mean, like yeah. almost good enough to be a tour player, like very, very close. No, not kidding. quite there. No, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not uh, quite good. there. But he's just he put is, another thing on the. Uh, he, he's he's tried to make a run at it. He he tra- he goes for the opens, you know, and and he's uh, he's phenomenal at, at the game. So. And he was involved with Jessica Simpson for a while, wasn't he? I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They were, uh, All right. An item. Good on him. He's uh, 41 today. Uh, another great guest, Rob Riggle, man. Yes. <laughs> Is that from The Hangover? Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, he's great in Step Brothers. Oh, oh my, my God. God, as the guy <sighs> who works uh, at, at the uh, the ad agency. Yeah, oh I my have him. What's God, yeah. He's and he guy. also, like, while you're looking for that, he would do, remember Frank Caliendo used to do, uh, he would do skits for the Fox Good Day, or not Fox Good Day, uh, Fox NFL. Yeah. Uh, and so they took that away from Frank, and they gave it to Rob Riggle, and Rob's were really, really good. And then last year... They had some dude who I have no idea who he was. I'm like, why'd they get rid of Rob Riggle? Like, his bits were great. Uh, well, we'll, maybe one day we'll find out. We've had him on the show a couple of times, unless we forget he's also a, uh, uh, was a former Marine. Yep. He's 51 today. Uh, Robbie Amell, the actor yeah. who was in The Duff. And he also, I forgot what character he played on The Flash. Uh, but he was a, I think he was a nemesis in The Flash. He's uh, uh, 33 today. He was, uh, he was actually half, uh, there was a superhero that was two yeah. people. Uh, okay, became one. So the and um and he was on, and then they they uh, he was swapped out for another actor. His brother. No, and they're not brothers. They're cousins. Cousin Stephen Amell yeah. is oh. is Arrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, gotcha. And he's on an on Amazon Prime show that I really I think it's called Upload. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pierre loves that show. Yeah. And then the last birthday, and I saved this one. She's had a rough couple of weeks, but uh, Queen Elizabeth the second. Yeah. Uh, turns 95 wow. years old today, yeah. I uh, mean, it, talk about a tumultuous... You, again, losing your life partner of decades. Yeah, yeah. And what, and, and listen, it, while she obviously lives in the lap of luxury yes. and has a privilege... Be a privilege. Privilege. Be, uh, the queen be, has privilege. Beyond probably medical care. anyone else in the world, if you... If you there are... It's a difficult position to hold. Watch the crown, yeah. which is, uh, for what everybody says, is 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 pretty damn accurate. It is a life of uh, stoic isolation. Yes, and uh, but th- th- she's happy though. Apparently, she she got a drone for her birthday. Oh, hey, she's the roof of Buckingham Palace. She can fly it all around inside those places. Absolutely. Uh, so she's 95 today, Queen Elizabeth II. All right, we'll see if somebody knows the answer to this question. What kind of dog food does Doc Brown? Feed Einstein in Back to the Future, and we are going to go to Chris for the answer. Good morning, Chris. Who's Lou? Yeah. Who's Lou? <laughs> All right, Chris. We heard from Lou yesterday. We did, yeah. wonderful. What is the uh, brand of dog food, please? Is it cow can? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got it, Chris. Hang on. <laughs> Since you got it right, 
We are going to give you a $50 Metro Diner gift card. Share breakfast, lunch, or dinner with family and friends at your local Metro Diner or order online at curbside pickup or contactless delivery. Enjoy classics like fried chicken and waffles, steak and scramble bowl, and more. And you can visit MetroDiner.com to view their menu. Bunch of stuff to get to. We'll start with this. At 70 Show star Danny Masterson is claiming that outspoken Scientologist critic Leah Remini is a driving force behind the accusers in his rape case, citing court papers. Uh, Masterson and his team are asking for more time to prepare their case. Uh, he claims in legal papers... Now, Remini urged three women, all of whom have, who have not disclosed their identity in public, to report him to the LAPD for sexual assault. And he's denying the allegations. He claims that they're fabricated. He also says that he was romantically involved with two of the three women and that their claims didn't emerge until after he got into a public spat with Remini over Scientology. Mm. Masterson also says the prosecution is starstruck by Remini and pals uh, with her. Uh, he is asking the court for more time to gather information and fight the charges. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. We'll see how that plays out. Weird little defense there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kendall Jenner has been granted a five-year restraining order from a man named Malik Bowker, who allegedly threatened to kill her. A judge ordered her, uh, him, I guess, to stay at least 100 yards away uh, from Kendall and her home and work and vehicle. So he's one of these guys who's like uh, so in love he wants to kill her, one of those deals? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, he is also not permitted to contact her electronically through texts, emails, or direct messages. Can you imagine that? Uh, Kendall headed to court after claiming he traveled across uh, the country to shoot her with a gun. Uh, she also said, said that he <clears throat> he planned to kill her with a gun and then turn the gun on himself. All this came as another 27-year-old man made it onto her property and tried to get into her pool and swim naked as well. So She needs a better security device. I believe so. Now... <laughs> With that, uh, a man was reportedly arrested over the weekend after he tried to break into Taylor Swift's apartment. Every other week, someone's trying to break into Taylor Swift's apartment. This is true. Perhaps it's time to move. When he arrived at Swift's home, located in the Tribeca neighborhood of New York City. I'd like to come in and talk about a few things. <laughs> the man tried to. I hear you're a cat fan here as well. Uh, to force his way inside before being <laughs> apprehended. Uh, it's unclear whether Swift was home at the time of the incident. Uh, the man named in the Daily News report as 52-year-old Hanks Johnson. Hanks? Yeah. Has uh, reportedly shown up at Swift's Wait a second. That's like, is that, is that possessive S? Uh, no. Okay. No, it's not Hanks Johnson. <laughs> That's a... I think his name is Hanks. Okay. Unfortunate. Yes, it is. You're right. Which is Hank's why Johnson. you end up stalking people. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. You want to know why I'm here? My name is Hanks Johnson. He got set down this path a long time ago. Prospective parents, please think wiser. You know, yeah. think before you name your children. Uh, so he has been... He this is re- Elizabeth's vagina. <laughs> Do you know Hanks? She's dating Hanks Johnson. What a couple. Elizabeth's vagina is dating Hanks Johnson. (laughs) Uh, So he has reportedly showed up at Swift's Tribeca home at least five times in the past six months and has other stalking charges currently pending. Wow. Uh, Criminal complaint said that the head of security at Swift's building uh, told him he's not welcome there. Uh, In 2018, uh, 22-year-old Roger Alvarado from Florida allegedly broke into the pop star's three-story townhouse. When police responded to a call about a burglary at Swiss residence, they found a ladder leading up to a broken window at the Franklin Street home, then found Alvarado sleeping in one of her empty beds. 
he was had to also reportedly taken a shower at that point too. Do you know what's so. kind of cool? If you look at some of these high priced places like around the brownstones and stuff like that in New York City, um, some of them have faux walls that are actually garage entrances, like Batman oh, style. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. yeah, like that's a high priced item to that's have. That's pretty cool. Uh, Prince Harry has gotten a job as chief impact officer at a startup mental health uh, firm in California. The position, which is also popularly called Chimpo in business circles. Okay, Chimpo? So, yeah, so chief impact officer. Oh, okay. By yeah. short, says, you know, they say, well, talk to the Chimpo, you know. Bubbles, I might have some work for you. But listen to this. It, it gets better. So uh, it's getting a viral for the wrong reasons in Japan. It's because the word Chimpo in Japan is slang for penis. Oh, my God. So Prince William is a chimpo. A news site in Japan actually reported how people were making jest of the job title, saying that all sorts of things like, I bet this kind of guy, uh, this kind of news made junior high school boys joyous, and also, no matter what age you are, the word chimpo usually raises smiles. Wow. Uh, another said, imagine him coming to Japan and introducing himself as a chimpo to officials. I'm expecting to see the reaction <laughs> on their faces. Uh, after the announcement, by the way, a, a lot of other firms will call that that uh, particular title chimpo. It's not uh, just in, in the U.K. Uh, he also happens to be the chimpo for Better Up Comp, uh, Better Up Incorporated, a coaching firm, uh, an appointment announced so in March. Specifically, what would be the requirements? What is he doing on a day-to-day basis? Do we yeah, know, I don't know, or is he simply just a, um, a like a, a high-profile person they can attach to the company? Yeah, figurehead. I'm not right. really sure, but uh, the, he's he's the chimpo. So okay, ask him, I guess. Well, the vending machine. Uh, Annalyn McCord. This yes. is pretty wild. This is really wild. Yeah. Kathy O from uh, Beverly Hills 90210, the reboot. Yeah. She oh, revealed yeah. that she's been diagnosed with what's called disassociative identity disorder, which was previously known as multiple personality disorder. Oh. Yeah. So the 90210 and Nip Tuck actress recently had a conversation with Dr. Daniel Lemen where she discussed having DID and the stigma that surrounds it. She said, I'm absolutely uninterested in shame. There is nothing about my journey that I invite shame into anymore. And that's how we get to the point uh, where we can articulate the nature of these pervasive traumas and stuff as horrible as they are. So according to the American Psychiatric Association, one of the symptoms of DID include the existence of two or more distinct identities or personality states which are accompanied by changes of behavior, memory, and thinking. It noted that DID can be associated with overwhelming experiences, traumatic events, and or abuse that occurred in childhood. Yeah. Uh, and she describes how her acting roles over the years brought the disorder to light. She said, all of my roles were splits, but I didn't even realize that I was doing it in, uh, uh, at all until I did a project on 90210. Uh, she said it wasn't until her 2012 horror movie Ex- Excision that McCord realized something didn't feel right because she, quote, couldn't get out of the character she was playing. She said, I played a very cerebral, disturbed, strange little girl that was very close to who I feel I am on the inside. It was very exposing, very confronting, probably a bit re-traumatizing without realizing it. She said, the crazy thing about it was uh, that I wrapped that film at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday and had to be happy, crazy Beverly Hills blonde bombshell on Wednesday at noon. And I couldn't find her. She was not accessible. I was dark. I was very deep into this character, Pauline, and I couldn't get out. Uh, She also detailed being co-conscious of her true identity, as well as a split personality she called Little Anna at Uh. 13. Uh, She said she was a balls-to-the-wall, middle-fingers-to-the-sky anarchist from hell who will stab you uh, with the spike ring that she wears, and you'll like it. 
and then she'll make you lick the blood from it. She was a nasty little creature, but I have so much gratitude to her because she got me out of the hell that I was in. So apparently she had spoke back in 2019 about abuse that she had had endured growing up and the trauma that it caused. She said, a year ago I was in treatment for PTSD, and memories of child sexual abuse came back Eesh. for years all the way until I was 11. You remember, well, this is like straight-up Sybil stuff where you... Yeah. You, uh, you, the, 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 the victim, and I don't know the specifics or whether this is still accepted nomenclature, but uh, they, they, they build defensive personalities. Yeah. Uh, she said, now I know why this is my life and this is my story because it is so personal to me. She also described receiving an outpouring of support from people mm. after she came forward to share her story. She thought it was going to be different, but uh, she did get support, which is Pretty wild, man. That's a tough so, thing. When you were dealing, about, I didn't think about the actor thing about playing these different roles and, and it exacerbating it. Yeah, yeah. That's to me. That's when you're trapped in your own mind. You know, like you can put a splint on something, you can right. stop the bleeding, but it, it's such an elusive thing to treat. Yeah, exactly. All right, Karma Chameleon. Yes, is the official title of an upcoming biopic of Culture Club frontman Boy George. Uh, casting has begun on the period drama, which will chart Boy George's rise to superstardom. Is Bautista playing him? Alongside, no, his bandmates <laughs> in 80s England. They don't know who's going to play him yet. Uh, production on Karma Chameleon. That would be great, though. It'd be so great. Uh, production on Karma Chameleon will likely begin this summer in London and Bulgaria after the project changed studio hands. Uh, in a video, Boy George revealed that uh, Line of Duty star Daniel Mays has been tapped to play his father. And teased an appearance from Keanu Reeves in the movie. As Interesting, well. yeah. I, I was a big Culture Club fan. I, I liked him very, too, and they they were they were well written songs, and uh, he had a good voice. He had a great voice, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the search is still on for a lead actor who will have some big hats to fill. He had said, "Who's going to play me?" Uh, Batista. So, look, look at them side by side here, Preston. He said, so we're looking for a brave young actor from anywhere on the globe to uh, take on the role of his life, and it will be brilliant. I want to be impressed, so uh, see you on the set this summer. I'll be wearing a big hat. His brother, um, uh, Boy George, was a uh, a boxer. Oh, I didn't know that. The other line of work, yeah. Ah. Not really in the Culture Club vein. Culture Club members uh, Boy George, John Moss, Roy Hay, and Mike Craig were a force on the 80s charts with hits like Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Time, I'll Tumble for You, and of course the biopics track Karma Chameleon. By the way, Time, I forgot about that song. That is a great tune. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, And you know, Alyssa Milano was in Commando, uh, Preston, (laughs) where uh, Schwarzenegger mentions Boy George. So all the stories tie together. Ongoing behind the scenes was a romance uh, between Boy George and Moss. He was the drummer of the man that complicated the group's dynamic uh, while influencing much of its creative output. By 1986, Boy George and Moss, as well as Culture Club, had broken up, and the band's magnetic lead vocalist was struggling with drug addiction. Uh, but the group has since reunited multiple times, and Boy George has moved forward with a successful solo career. All right, so we're that could be at... a good. That could be a good. Yeah, movie. yeah. yeah. Looking at a picture of uh, Culture Club here in our studio, and I. Um... You want to adopt that look? No, I. But listen, I was a kid back then. Yeah, and uh, so I'm. What I'm going to say is, I cannot judge my kids and the children of today's style, right? Because there's oh, this, yeah. there's this hairstyle that's out right now, Steve. Yeah. that like all the boys are wearing. It's totally dumb looking. Um, Describe it. It is like it's kind of shortish on the sides in the back, and then it's this this weird unkempt. Mop on the top. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I saw a guy with that the other day, and uh, and all, it's all every, the rage. Everybody's doing it, uh, and I don't think it looks great. But I'm not going to judge it. 
There's because a, I'm looking at this. No, like, obviously, yeah. Those guys look so cool, man. There was a great Goldberg's episode where, where Laney, just effing around with Barry, convinces him that she loves Culture Club and loves Boy George, and he shows up at school with the whole the whole oh, look. Wow. It's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to say, Kat? I don't think it's supposed to be unkept. Like, I think it's just these kids that get the haircut because they want the look. And they and don't they maintain just, it? And then they just, yeah, they just they get up and go to school. It. They don't style oh, it. Oh, all right. Uh, but anyhow, uh, so we'll look for the Karma Chameleon movie down the road a bit. Uh, let's see. The high school musical star Zac Efron has broken up with his Australian no! girlfriend, Vanessa Valadares, after a 10-month relationship. Uh, the 33-year-old actor met uh, the 25-year-old when she was working at the Byron Bay General Store in New South Wales. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. so Byron Bay in. now is becoming the... Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm Preston Elliott. He used to be a footballer. Um, the uh, that's where celebrities now are going to uh, they, they, Byron Bay. Yeah, they're, they're they're doing filming there, and a lot of the celebrities are falling in love with Byron Bay in okay. Australia. I think it's where Chris Hemsworth has his super duper estate. Well, they broke up, so they are done. All right, after months of rumors and speculation, it's finally been confirmed. Michael Keaton will indeed return as Batman in The Flash 29 years after his last appearance as the Caped Crusader. This has the potential to be pretty awesome. I hope so, man. I mean, it, so it's a multiverse thing. We have our um, we have our Zack Snyder Flash, which is great. Uh, and um, now the talk, we have to find out, is Christian Bale going to be a part of it? Will uh, Ben Affleck be a part of it as well? Keaton's agency confirmed on Monday that he will return while director Andy Muschietti revealed the official logo on social media and announced filming is already underway. Andy! The 69-year-old actor originally played millionaire Bruce Wayne and his crime-busting alter ego in Tim Burton's 1989 classic Batman and its 92 sequel Batman Returns. I remember when they announced Michael Keaton as Batman and I I felt all my internal organs shut down. (laughs) He was known as a comedic actor back then. And I'm like... No. Yeah. And then I and then he owned it. He yeah. did a great job and 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 they and you needed I mean the shift was was you know seismic and, and it was it was great and I'm I'm so happy but He's a great actor. I mean he was just in the Trial of Chicago 7 in yeah. a smaller role but like uh, it's almost any movie that Keaton shows up in he makes it better. He's one of those mm-hmm. guys, and I love that he was in the MCU. Um, you know, as, as Vulture, and and I, I love Michael Keaton. I always have. Uh, his advanced years will make him the oldest Batman to date, having last played the role when he was forty-one. It's understood the Flash will introduce the DC Extended Universe multiverse with Keaton portraying a Batman in a viewed universe separate from the one that has played out in previous DC movies. Uh, the much-anticipated movie began production work in London on Monday, and Michael has fully committed himself. To the project. You know, it's wonderful, too. We finally got to see uh, The Flash get real, solid, cool screen time in the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. It was awesome. Yes, agreed. Uh, now, speaking of multiverses, uh, it takes more than one person to direct multiple Spider-Men. Uh, Sony has announced that Into the Spider-Verse 2 will have the directing trio of Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson to handle the continuing adventures of Miles Morales and the other spider champions of the Marvel multiverse. Were they part of the first movie? They had to be, right? The other the other two directors? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, because the the if you've never seen the movie, it has multiple distinct different styles. And you know what they did brilliantly is explained how a multiverse might right. work. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, it wasn't confusing at no. all. I, I really enjoyed that movie. It, it is... <laughs> It's fantastic. 
Uh, so, of course, uh, Into the Spider-Verse was a smash hit that also won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature and hailed for bringing Miles Morales to the big screen. Uh, the sequel will have original writer-producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Uh, and uh, Dos Santos worked on the hit animated series Avatar The Last Airbender, huh. uh, The Legend of Korra, while Thompson uh, won an Annie Award for his work on the original Spider-Verse. Uh, Kemp is nominated for an Oscar, writing One Night in Miami and co-directing of the Oscar-nominated Pixar film Soul. So he's had he's got a pedigree, too. I like that name, Kemp Powers. Kemp. I love the name it. Is pa- the name is Powers. Kemp Powers. Uh, plot details are tight, but it's expected the film will continue to have Miles meeting other Spider-Men of other alternate worlds. That may include the popular Spider-Man 2099, who showed up in the post credit scene uh, for the first film. Uh, the new film is intriguing given how many how rumors continue to abound that Spider-Man No Way Home will be a live-action Spider-Verse. As well, yeah. Uh, and Alfred Molina confirmed that he will be returning as Dr. Octopus. So awesome. Uh, from 2004's Spider-Man 2, while Jamie Foxx will appear as the Amazing Spider-Man's Electro. Somehow, mm-hmm. both are plucked up from their respective fates to appear in the MCU. But they, they find a way to make it work, man. They do. Just make it good. That's all we ask. All right, and then we'll do one more quick story. Uh, when Tignataro discovered that her Army of the Dead trailer dropped and she was being dubbed, quote, sexy AF, <laughs> she was puzzled by it. Nataro, who plays uh, Marianne Peters in the Zack Snyder film, told The Tonight Show, I didn't even know what AF was, to be honest. My friends were texting me images of Twitter like, you're trending for being a badass and sexy AF. And I was like, well, what is that? <laughs> so it had to be explained to her. Well, I was talk- talking to you guys, and, and they um, so they were, they, t- they took out uh, Chris D'Elia. Yep. Uh, because he was uh, being, he was in a Me Too, you know, yeah. maelstrom at that time. So they took him out, put in Tignataro, and um, there are scenes where she's with everybody, but they had her acting against a green screen, and it's seamless. You can't even tell, at least in the trailer. Yep. Yeah, this is um, this is not the TIG that I am familiar with. This is not your father's TIG. <laughs> no, and I love her stand-up, and she's so dry. And we had her in studio, and I'm like, because she's so dry, I'm like, I wonder if she likes us. You know? <laughs> I, c- I just couldn't tell. I wanted her to like us because I'm such a huge fan of her stand-up. Well, maybe Zack Snyder directed her. Maybe we can ask Zach to ask, ask her. Yeah. All right, we're ready for clips here, friend. Every breath you take turns a psychiatrist's life upside down when a patient takes her own life and then introduces her brother to his own family. And then this clip star, Sam Claflin, excuse me, discusses how he explored his character's emotions. Like, it, it, it was sort of enjoyable to kind of play with different different versions of my, my you know, one character. It felt like I was almost sort of schizophrenic in that respect. Um, so it was, quite, it was quite fun to explore. I don't give a f- uh, Every Breath You Take is now streaming on Apple TV. Here's the next clip. Night of the Sicario follows Taylor protecting the daughter of a woman in witness protection while the Sicarios hunt them down. In this clip, director Joth Riggs reflects on how unique the seniors were in this film. Here we go. I really wanted each character to shine in in their own uniqueness. They all bring something to the table. As seniors, they had years of experience and wisdom. You know, so it was a lot of fun kind of fleshing out each one of those characters. And the actors who played them were fantastic. I mean, it is a pretty unique role, so they all really were excited about it. And we had a lot lot of fun shooting it. Stop it! Uh, Night of the Scario is now streaming on Voodoo. 
Huh. So you uh, do. <laughs> do that voodoo that you do. You do. All right, and there you go. That's uh, the stack of entertainment stories for the day, friends. We have a secret text word, chance for you to win a digital download of Vanquish, and you can text the word secret to 39333 to be in the running for that. And keep your texting fingers ready, because less than an hour from now, $500. Yet again, in the Preston and Steve money clip, that is coming up. We'll have two opportunities for you this morning. A couple of guests on the show as well. We'll dive into that in a bit. We'll come back in just a moment. Stay with us. we got beautiful sunshine. It's not going to last, though, so enjoy it while you're making your way into work. We'll be right back. Temple of the Dog at 30. Why it sounds different now. A deep dive into what went into the groundbreaking album by Beasley Managing Editor Brian Ives. Plus, see exclusive photos from their first concert at the Tower in 2016. And check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush with Burt Kreischer, live from Serbia. I was going to bring this up in uh, in music news, but I think we could uh, definitely chat about this a little bit. I was bummed out to see... um, Songwriter Jim Steinem uh, died uh, on Monday. Yeah, he's the guy that wrote this. If you if you don't know who Jim Steinem is, on, on Meatloaf's "Bad Out of Hell" that album, it says uh, it says Meatloaf and it says with music by Jim Steinem Steinem on the bottom. There would be yeah, me, <laughs> Meatloaf would not have had a career no. without him. Uh, everything, uh, not only writing but producing and getting. In a Phil Spector sort of way, a Steinman sound. Yeah, and he and and he was he performs. He's the yes. piano player. I I got to see Jim Steinman and Meatloaf play live. And, and you said he locked eyes with you and was upset. Seemed to be upset because you were smoking pot. No, that was Neil Peart. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but thank you anyway for remembering <laughs> that. Uh, so no, uh, he and and the wild thing about him is, is he would play guitar or play piano wearing these thick leather gloves. I don't know how the hell he did that. Uh, well, not only that, Preston, like uh, the, the, one of the pictures that came up of him, and it was uh, a picture that was used across a number of different news sites yesterday, he was wearing the most Transformers-ish type sunglasses. I saw those. With metal bars and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, he, that was his style. Yes, he wore, yeah. he always wore shades. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he was a hell of a songwriter, and he had also, outside of writing, you know, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad and Paradise by the Dashboard sure, Light, yeah. and you took the words out of my mouth, he wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, wow. For Which Bonnie is a, Tyler. It's a good song. And it's a massive hit. Just absolutely huge. I think we have a clip of it. Uh, do we, Case? Yeah. We have a clip of uh, uh, yep, Total here, Eclipse uh, of the Heart. Go for it. Oh, here we go. I don't know what to do when I'm always in the dark. We're living in a bone and gagging, giving up. Oh, I really need you tonight. Forever's gonna start. Once you, once you hear that he's the one who wrote it, you can you can hear you, you it. Got you can it. hear yeah. that sound. He's rolled through it along the lines of you know yeah. these these big anthemic pieces like two out of three ain't bad and took the words right out of my mouth. And anthemic is the word. He, yeah. Big rock and uh, turn around, bright eyes. Remember the video? Yeah, they had uh, like you know, like glowing eyes, white eyes, yeah, yeah. yeah shining eyes. Kind of creepy. It was like monsters. I have uh, I have conflicting feelings about Meatloaf. I, I like I, he's one of those guys that I when I hear it I like it, but I feel like I'm not supposed to like it as much as I actually do. Like there's this stigma attached to Meatloaf. Like it was uncool. Meatloaf, meatloaf, double meatloaf. Does that make sense? I at all? Uh, I don't know. No, it's I one never... of those artists that like it, it, it was. It was not cool to like Meatloaf. Critics for a while. were not. Critics were not kind. Yeah, and uh, and and, 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 it, and I, I can completely understand it. I myself 
I I really enjoyed it. I, I knew I knew immediately what it was there for, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go along with it. Uh, I didn't care. I didn't even know, to be honest, that it uh, wasn't cool to like me. Yeah, like me okay, either. Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know what circles you ran in, but like, dude, Paradise by the Dashboard There's Light. A lot of like... guys wearing leather and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, but it's just like what? people people hated on on Meatloaf, and I then I felt guilty for liking it. Like there's just this cool figure attached to it that I, for some reason seemed like there was a stigma yeah. attached. to Maybe Meatloaf. there's like a hoodie blowback. We've talked about this before. Uh, uh, a song comes on the radio, particularly a, a long anthemic song, and you will drive out of the way to finish hearing that song. That was Paradise for the Dead. Yeah, okay. That would fall under that category for me. You weren't even, you weren't, you were just, as they say, jerking around if you didn't get to the Phil Rizzuto part. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is I mean, all about sex. Yeah. Well, I know this now. I wasn't about baseball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Nick, Boy, they I, really I like baseball. I, I don't know, man. I, Nick, I never have ever been in a situation where when this song came on... <laughs> People like everybody wasn't like totally into it. I yeah. just don't. Yeah, um, kinda, I guess kind of like Journey, Casey, or something like that. Like there, there just was this huh. uh, uh, amongst the people that I knew. It was not. You got to understand to love meatloaf the way that you should love meatloaf. People, uh, Nick, people don't understand you're raised within that, a gang life. A thug yeah, life. I mean, and, I had and, and, and you always, every day you had to prove yourself. You guys remember when I had the mohawk and everything? <laughs> I mean, the gauntlet, and then they'd have those huh. circle sessions where they'd beat you with sticks. Yeah. I wonder what Bill Weston thinks about meatloaf. It is love. It's talk like uh, Bill Weston. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's it's a can absolutely use the plate a lot of MGK, for which I am also the program director. That is correct. You, you think not you, you, as much on MMR? You think Bill thinks uh, meatloaf is cool? Meatloaf, meatloaf, double meatloaf. <laughs> well, I hate meatloaf. Uh, and then when this song hit, 1993, uh, it, it went to number one, and that was Jim Steinman again. Yeah. And, and when he says, "I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that," he's talking about figging. Oh, is that yeah, real? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. one thing I will not do. I will not do that. Uh, I'm putting that ginger in my butt. But uh, this was the tour. This is what I saw Meatloaf live on this tour. Oh, you did? With, with Jim Steinman uh, playing piano. And it was out freaking standing. I loved it. They put on a show. did I mean, Steinman like, do a, a, wasn't there like a Broadway musical review, basically a review of his music that was a Broadway show? I want to say there was. Yeah. I, I, in fact, you know what? He he started, actually. So the story is that, that he began uh, with uh, with doing stage music, and uh, and he wanted to bring that to rock and roll and ended up... Uh, the Great know, White Way? Well, yeah, and and, uh, and he and he and Meatloaf met on a show on, on some stage show. I forgot what it was. I did have a... They were both yeah, in Death of a Salesman. Uh, wow, were they? Yeah. I had no Meat idea. Meatloaf was playing Willie Loman. Yeah, okay, and Jim was happy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I yeah. like your glasses. Steinman got his start writing musicals. He first met Meatloaf while working on the musical More Than You Love. All right. And the two went out to collaborate on uh, the rock and roll singer's multi-platinum debut, Bad Out of Hell. And uh, following the success of Bad Out of Hell, they teamed up for a subsequent album, which was Bad Out of Hell, Hell 2. And that was, you know, we were playing that song uh, just now, uh, Do Anything for Love. Uh, he also uh, not only wrote um, Total Eclipse of the Heart, but he also rep- wrote Air Supplies Making Love Out of Nothing at All. Which, again, if you listen to it, you can tell his his uh, his sound. And he also wrote Preston. It's a guilty pleasure song of mine. Uh, it's all coming back to me, the uh, Celine Dion song. Oh, really? I don't know that song. This is it? Yeah. Man, 
he's got such a signature sound. Yeah. You hear it And now. I'm sorry. It works for me. I understand what it is. And he also wrote, and he uh, was nominated for a Grammy for uh, Bonnie Tyler's Holding Out for a Hero from Footloose. Yes. So he wrote that, too. Yes. Well, Short right. Circuit 2 was also used effectively in that movie as well. Are you serious? <laughs> of course, yeah. Holding Out for a Hero was? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God. It's about a robot. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Let me go do some uh, some calls here. I'm going to go to Dana. Hi, Dana. Good morning. Hey, good morning. It's Pit Freak's wife. Oh, oh this is Freak. That's right. <laughs> How you doing, Dana? I'm good. I'm good. So um, me and my brother, my, my dad was a musician, and Meatloaf and Jim Steinman, just his the talent with between the two of them. So we grew up listening to the records, you know, Bad Out of Hell. And, yeah. we, you know, my brother and I learned about the birds and the bees from Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And, you that know. may not be the best way to approach sex, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was it was a uh, yeah, it was it was a hot song for the time. Right, and you know when you're like four or five years old and yeah. you're singing along in the backseat of the station wagon, and then you get older and you realize what that song's about, you're like, oh my god, yeah. what? <laughs> and it's all right there lyrically. I know that kind of went over Casey's head yeah, too, yeah. but you know we were barely seventeen and we were barely <laughs> dressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's gonna yeah. be paradise by yeah. the dashboard light. She's taking her clothes yeah. off. He can see, and the only light in the car is yeah. coming from the dashboard, and he sees paradise. Yeah. I can see a beaver. Yeah. It was uh, it's like paradise. Bill Rizzuto didn't know what he was recording at the time. He thought yeah. he was just doing baseball stuff. So, like, when he did it, like, he had no idea that it was all the sexual innuendo attached to it. Really? Uh, yeah. He's going in for the finger blast. He's got the Thanks, dildo Dana. out and he's sliding in for home intercourse. Uh, what am I recording here? Huh. Yeah. A double entendre there. Are those all actual baseball terms? I've never heard those before. And lyrically, it's so great because, you know, uh, when he when he agrees yeah. that, yes, he will, he will love her for the rest of his life yeah. and it's it's just because at that moment he's he's a teenager he's hot but he wants to do whatever he can to get some and he says yes and then he refrained at the end so now i'm praying, praying for, for the, the end, end of time, time to hurry up and to arrive so, so i can end my I time and my time with you and it's because it's after he completed yeah and we've all been there as young uh, men going, oh, good. dear God, get me out of here now. I got to go. It just, it lyrically, it it's just a, it, 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 uh, it, enca- a- it encapsulates that. Exactly. In, in, a, in a poetic way. And it's such a great song. And Jim Steinman, I assume he wrote the lyrics, he right? Did. Yeah. He did. Uh, so, so the, um, yeah, I mean, for me, this has, um, it's self-knowing anthemic rock, Preston, yeah. and that's why I've, I've always liked. And you give me some, you give me a little bit of reverb, you give me sort of a, a, a choir in the background, and a, and a, like a, a pounding piano. Yeah, I'm in. Did you guys ever go see um, Rocky Horror Picture Show live? No. I've seen the movie many times. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you go to the movie, they they would play. I think it was three music videos before the movie started, and it was there was one from Tim Curry, Curry called "I Do the Rock." I think yeah, that I do the rock. Yeah, and yeah. then then it, there were two Meatloaf songs, huh. and I think they would play. Um, in fact, is it Jim Steinman in the beginning that goes on a dark, cold night? I think it is. Would you yeah. offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, that, and that's Phil Rizzuto. No, it is. <laughs> I need to Why, see. Yes, I would. Marissa, can you see if you can find I that? Love that. And, and I I'm forgot not, about that. And I'm not sure if that's uh, from at the beginning of. On a cold, cold, dark night. 
Would you be the third leg of the stool? <laughs> Would you grab for only the lowest hanging fruit? And I love the last line where he's like, I bet you say that to all the boys. And then they jump right into I think it's Paradise for the Dashboard by the Dashboard Light. But that was always a staple before yeah. uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show because Meatloaf is in the movie. That's cool. Curry's in the movie, which was really cool. And, and Jen Steinman was a part of that, too. I bet you that stuff would catch catch on now, now that all this older stuff is being revisited at some level. And it has a theatrical. And the fact that, uh, you know, transgender and so forth. Yeah. And that's uh, And that's a big focus on... Uh, on the movie Rocky Horror sure. Picture Show, is yeah. transvestites and and it's uh, flirting with with, with sexual stuff, and I, I I would think that would translate. It's it's campy, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Mike on the line. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Hey, thanks, buddy. What's up? Uh, you guys have been entertaining me for about twenty years. Oh, awesome. When I, when I was young, I uh, went through my parents' albums and stuff like that. I was getting into music and. Uh, Tom Petty and this and that, yeah. and I found Meatloaf. I used to listen to it. I took the cassette tape to school. I was in third grade. I believe I got detention. I got in trouble because the uh, <laughs> the art on the front said "Bad Out of Hell." I had the motorcycle coming out of the hell and the flames and all that, and I got in trouble for that. I remember that uh, because it said "Hell" on it. Yep. Wow. Good thing they didn't listen to the album. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it would have been much worse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, it makes you want to listen to it. You know. By the way, and, and then Jim Steinman did a, he tried to continue on without Meatloaf, and I think Cher was involved in that project. Yeah, Do you remember people that? who were big, they, yes, and, I, I, I remember something like that. And it didn't work. But he was writing for a lot of people, and yeah. he wrote those, that bombastic style of ballad and, and uh, you know, like as, as with the Bonnie Tyler stuff and the yeah. Celine Dion stuff. By the way, Todd Rundgren uh, was the producer on Bad Out of Hell. Uh, and he was uh, talking about trying to break new ground uh, on the sessions, despite uh, Jim Steinman uh, writing the songs in a very strict form. He said a lot of it was extremely derivative. He said just kind of old-fashioned rock and roll riffs, and he was just trying to figure out a way to take that really rudimentary sort of rock and roll thing and make it grandiose without making it necessarily more musically inaccessible, which is exactly it. It's real simple. Straight-ahead yeah. rock and roll type of stuff, but they made it big and anthemic, you know? Just a quick side note. That's one of those guys I'd love to have a studio session with. Todd Rundgren? Todd Rundgren, yes. yeah. Like he, obviously, he's local, and, and if we could get him in here for an hour, he's got stories I bet we could. He's, he's a strange dude. He is. He's, he's quirky as hell. I've but... met him a couple of times. He is odd, but he's really nice, and I think he's able at this point to look back on his career with fondness. I've seen him in concert a couple of times, uh, and I, I t- twice with Hall & Oates, and uh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. He's, phenomenal. He's great. I saw him at uh, Ringo Starr's All Star Band, and he was wearing, <laughs> and it wasn't flattering at all. He was wearing like a uh, uh, like a spandex jumpsuit. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he, and I think he was doing it as a joke. Okay, because he shouldn't have been wearing that. <laughs> well, for the, but for he was great, and he did "Bang on the Drum" and "Hello, It's Me" and all these great songs. Yeah. There you go. He did one of my favorite albums of all time is "For the Want of a Nail," which is. Uh, not a lot of people know, but no, I'm uh, not familiar with it. Yeah, but great stuff. Hey, what, dude, wasn't he for the longest time under the belief that he was Liv Tyler's father? Oh, I don't know. Right, maybe I believe that. I believe that he thought he was the father of Liv Tyler. Nick, if you can check yeah, on that, I remember that connection. And Steve. then uh, it, it's obviously Steven Tyler. Yeah. 
She's by the way, she's got that Steven Tyler type shaped mouth anyway. You yeah, can kind of see yeah. a little resemblance in there. But he was dating or was married to Steven Tyler's wife, right? Right. Yeah, okay. right. Uh-huh. Okay. There, yeah. Hang on, let me go to Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, Caitlin? I just had to tell you that you made my morning this morning when you're talking about Paradise by the Dashboard Lights because it is my family's anthem. Wow. Um, I immediately texted my mom, who is still fast asleep, but I'm sure she'll be podcasting this later. Um, When my mom was younger, she would babysit her nieces, my cousins, and she would perform this song for them by running up and down their stairs, doing both the male and female portions. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cute. And then that turned into them performing that for my sister and I when we were later born. Which has turned into requesting it at every family wedding, where we get in a very large circle, screech it at the top of our lungs. None of us are especially good singers. So, so generationally, it was just passed from um, you know, down the line. So, people who are not even remotely from that time are enjoying it now. Exactly. That's and funny. I remember when I was finally getting of an age where I started to realize that it wasn't just baseball terms. <laughs> And That's I had great. been growing up listening to singing this song, and I remember, you know, being 16 or 17 years old thinking, oh, my God, my mom sang this to me. <laughs> yep, it doesn't yep. matter because it's so catchy and it's so fun to sing along with. You can you take know? it as a baseball oh, song yeah. if you want. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. I have a sister who's 13 years younger than me, and we taught it to her growing up, and I, I was at an age where I understood what it meant at that point. Just right. thought it was hilarious. Cool. And, and planned to pass it down to my girls one day. There you go. All right, thanks, Caitlin. Interesting no song, yeah. Uh, here's the, the, the bit on uh, Todd Rundgren, uh, Steve. It says here, uh, Rundgren began a relationship with model B.B. Buell in 1972. It's Bill would say that. B.B. Buell. B.B. Buell is a model. During a break in their relationship. <laughs> Buell had a brief relationship with Steven Tyler, which resulted in an unplanned pregnancy. Buell gave birth to Liv Tyler uh, on July 1st, 1977. Uh, she initially claimed that Todd Rundgren was the biological father and named the child Liv Rundgren. Uh, shortly after Liv's birth, Rundgren and Buell ended their romantic relationship, but Rundgren remained committed to Liv. Wow. Uh, interesting. That's kind of a... Uh, we have the audio, I think, of uh, Jim Steinman here, uh, Bad Out of Hell. I mean, uh, uh, which one? Oh, want... yeah, so it must have been from like, Bad Out of Hell. Bad Out of Hell? Let's hear what this is. Hang on. And all oh, I no, can no. Do I thought it was the audio. Okay. Oh, here we go. You yeah. took the words right out of it. But hang on. I want you. I want you. I need you. I need you. There ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. Now don't be And meet Love's voice. Great. This is not bad out of hell. This is two out of three ain't bad. But yeah, two out of bats out of hell. Yeah, (laughs) those bats are uh, yeah hellish. Get those bats Uh, the hell out of here. Hang on, uh, (laughs) two of them out anyway. (laughs) Yeah, the one is pretty good. All right, here we go. The one that knows all the baseball references. This might be the audio part, and this would play before the uh, the movie Rocky Horror Picture Show. On a hot summer night, yeah, Yeah. I think. Would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. Then does he love me? Yes. Yes. 
on a hot <laughs> summer night. What you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. The hell? Yeah, hang on. I bet you say that to all the boys. And then they go into paradise. Right. Out of hell. All right. On a hot summer night, <laughs> would you offer your name to the wolf with the red, red teeth? Uh, case is just... Would you put down a tarp so none of it gets on the studio floor? <laughs> Will you tonight promise me you'll never bring soup into the studio or any kind of equine creature? Uh, it was yeah. just them being theatrical. Okay. And, and that was, I love it. And that I was, love it. That was part of the stage show, was that it was like a play. It was uh, all this stuff. Will you out. be to the conference meeting at 11.15 promptly? <laughs> Will you remember that we're on the sixth floor? Fifth floor. Fifth floor. Damn it. <laughs> it is happening today. Uh, it's talk like Bill Weston, David. <laughs> Hang on a second. I want to go to this. I want to go to Mark. Hey, Mark, good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Mark. What's up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I saw a meatloaf back in uh, 1985 at the Stone Bloom in Newark, and he gave me his microphone in the middle of his song. Yeah. What? But, uh, you know, I didn't know the words, so I just started hooting and hollering in the microphone, and he huh. was standing above me laughing. That's all I oh can remember. <laughs> you ruined the song! <laughs> I actually saw him stop, uh, the, and I think it was part of the uh, Thank you, funny. Mark, by the yeah, way. Thanks. Stop the bit. Somebody didn't know the words, and he's like, are you effing kidding me? And he started going off on him. Wow. Um, Didn't he used to throw out fully cooked meatloafs to uh, his... Well, that was yeah. his thing. It was yeah. like uh, when they... The, the, what is it? Stripe used to throw out Bibles, right? Like yeah. five-pound meatloafs. Yeah. Yeah. Five-pound meatloafs. Oh, my God. <laughs> meatloaf for you. Meatloaf for you. Meatloaf for you. Some of those would be the, the brown gravy. Right. Yeah. And others would have like the ketchup. On a hot <laughs> summer night, will you accept my meatloaf free for all? All right. Uh, I was wrong. It's you took the words right out of my mouth. As you the were wrong. Not, not uh, bad out of hell. Uh, so Be correct with your music trivia. I'll do what I can. The audience looks up to you. <laughs> uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so sad, sad news about uh, about Jim Steinman. Uh, he, he was the, he was the man behind the music uh, with uh, Meatloaf and and uh, uh, several other hit records. By the way, this other bit of trivia I did not know this, Steve. So, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, if you're just tuning yes. in, he wrote that as well. In the backing band for Total, that, that performed yeah. on uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, Rick Derringer played guitar. Huh. And from the E Street Band, uh, Roy Bitten and oh, the Max piano. Weinberg. Yeah, piano oh, and drums. Yeah. I love Roy that. Bitten's uh, piano. He, uh, it was just a great sound. So, the next time that you hear um, Total Eclipse of the Heart, know that it's... Those are the guys playing uh, behind in the background. Pop. All that meatloaf. All that meatloaf. You can only handle so much. It's got meatloaf. raisins in it. I love meatloaf. Yeah. Man. Mm. Um, all right. And then uh, another thing, side note, something completely different. And the last caller's uh, thick Delco accent made me think of this. Yes. I saw a meatloaf. Um, <laughs> oh. The Kate Winslet audio. Yes. From Did... Mayor of Easttown. We have not, I have not heard it yet. So I finally watched the full episode. Enjoyed it. Thought it was a good case. Yep. Off to a good start. And it is a limited series on HBO. You can also find it on HBO Max. One episode has aired. 
and then the next one is Sunday night. Uh, and uh, what you, what'd you think of her? Uh, I thought dialect. it was a good accent, man. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, um, Really good performance. For those who may not be aware, we've mentioned this before, yeah, just to bring right. you up to speed, that uh, Kate Winslet is in the show, Mayor of Easttown. It's on HBO. Shot here. Uh, and it's uh, she was uh, tasked with creating and executing a Delaware County accent. And she has said it is one of the top three most difficult to nail. And she wants to, when she does her accents, she wants to do them with a subtlety to them. Right, yeah. To where they sound genuine and they're not overdone. So, yeah. And so she said that was the hard part. And and when you, like, are in, on the Internet and people are, um, you know, they're lampooning our accent. Right. It, it, I mean, it's over the, it's over the top. Over right. the top. It's over the top, like, with every single word. <laughs> uh, Except you said Aver to accentuate that and then said Aver again. I know. <laughs> to accentuate it again. Uh, but uh, so what she does is is more subtle and you can hear it uh, with, you know, like the long O's and stuff like that. And there's a couple other characters. Draw me like a Springfield girl. <laughs> and, and, and keep in mind, she's, you know, she's English. So yes. her, her natural Very precise. it would be more of a leap yes. than it would be for us to try to take on that accent. Is she your favorite actress, Case? I love her. Yeah. I, she's I, damn good. I am, um, I think, as far as attracted to actresses yeah. are concerned, she's, uh, I think, probably, like, my number one. She's number one, number two, Jack A. Uh, Jack A is, yeah. now she's, she has been slowly but surely pushed out of my top thousand. Yeah. Uh, now, but, right now, she's ranked 227. <laughs> <laughs> well done, there. Uh, Thank you. But, I, yeah, I've, uh, ever since Titanic, I just uh, have had a thing for her. All right, well, let's, let's hear. I've not heard these yet, so this is our mayor of Easttown. Here we go. This is Carol. It's Mayor Sheehan. I'm standing outside your front door. In the f- freezing cold. Mrs. Carol. All right. Okay. So when she said door, yeah. like the way she said it, I I heard Jenny Bones. And, 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 and Stan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stanning. Yeah, back it up here. Mrs. Carol. It's Mayor Sheehan. I'm standing outside your front door. Stand, standing yeah. outside. Yeah. Standing yeah. outside your front door. All right. Uh, here's another clip. Let's hear this. I understand, but I'm a detective sergeant, which means... I investigate the burglaries and the overdoses and overdoses. Oh, she did it. I investigate the burglaries and the overdoses and all the really bad crap that goes on around here. Okay. Okay. I listen, I would love to talk to her because I would like to know how how she came up with the with how the she didn't get like, Jack up on that door. No, but and I know honestly. Come, come on. on, I thought you loved him. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of room. There's plenty of room. Now, the guy was what one forty. No, Jeez. now in, in her defense, yeah. I saw on MythBusters that they they proved that Jack would not have been able. They both would not have been able to stay up on it. Didn't even try, didn't Preston. Try. She knew. She was Knock a very smart off. girl. Mm-hmm. Smart uh, girl. She knew the science. She's an idiot. She Maybe. already knew. But she I already would... knew. Lay off. <laughs> she lived a fulfilled life. <laughs> but she pined from all the days of her life. And eventually tossed that necklace down to the waters to tribute to him. Uh, I'd like to know if, if she had to write out her script phonetically. Phonetically. Well, when usually when they start to work, if, if there are um, uh, coaches, if there are mm-hmm. uh, dialect coaches... They will write things out yes. phonetically to show you the pronunciations. And I've, I've seen some before, and I'm like, that looks weird. And then you say it out loud, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm saying it in the proper form. There is, And what they will do is they will literally sit to, like, the right of the director, and they will they will listen. And, and then people who are doing things that are very complex, like when uh, Meryl Streep did Sophie's Choice. Yeah. They, and they will they will stop mid-sentence if, you know, they'll, they'll t- tap the director. And they'll, if they're really precise, 
They'll do stuff like that. So I was thinking about that with the with the the, the O sound yeah. pronounced in Delaware County, overdoing it the O. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, well, how would you write that phonetically? It's almost like A O A O, a slight A at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, uh, and so it might be like A Y O A O. She would do her warm ups like I have three testicles. I have three <laughs> testicles. I have three testicles. <laughs> you know, one of like. <laughs> I I have three testicles. I have three testicles. I got my jam back. I got my jam back. Yeah, my jam back. It's a beautiful thing. Daisy It's a beautiful thing. It's a Daisy chain. a beautiful thing. How do you practice that? How do you practice getting all that? You put half a meatloaf in your mouth. Let me play another clip. Kathy, you want to jump in? No, I was just thinking of like how difficult it is. To act, I mean, I know it's what they do, but then to do that accent on such a subtle level, like how did she not yeah. just well, lose it? And well, can, emotion can, while yes, you're doing yeah, it. And, and so, and in, in, in that particular scene, she's walking around the kitchen and she's taking like a she takes a magnet and puts it up on the refrigerator, and she's yeah, so you've got to things. you've got to balance all of those physical subtleties, and she's conveying yeah. in, in that scene. A woman is like, I'm tired of sh- this woman keeps calling and showing up, and there was a peeping tom in her backyard, and and you know, it, but it's. All of that is running at the same time while yeah. you're trying to stay true to your accent. Acting. So hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. look at the cast of Baywatch. Here's, here's another one. 7551 Delcom. I got eyes on the burglary suspect. 200 block of Glen Riddle heading east. Black male wearing uh, blue jeans and a hooded sweatshirt. Freddie. Freddie Hamlin. <laughs> Hamlin. Um, yeah. Hey, I mean, Hamlin. It also just hearing her say things like Riddle, like I was yeah. born in Riddle. I heard Riddle too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the very My beginning, kids were born in Riddle. I love it. Yeah. Uh, in the very beginning, she mentions uh, moving to Ridley. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I grew up in Ridley. <laughs> I know this area. And also, there was a uh, scene in like they were part. The kids were partying in the woods. Yep, yep. I'm like. I think that's Swarthmore Wood. I think that's Swarthmore Wood. I smoked out of that bench. Well, so, no, that's in Springfield. (laughs) But uh, my daughter, daughter, uh, she had a softball game, and these kids lit a fire in those woods while it was all going on, and while the softball game was going on. I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's, that's, you know. Could it it show up in the series? Well, I don't, well, I don't know. The fire? Yeah. Probably not. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was a couple years before they started shooting. One last clip. Here we go. Shooting. Here we go. Did you see Dawn on the news this morning? Yes, I was hoping you didn't catch that. You know it's not about you. She just misses her daughter. I know, but... You know, Mary, she's got stuff going on. You know, cancer treatment. Yeah. I know we say this to you, Laura. We're never going to find her. Never. She's a needle in a thousand f***ing haystacks. Yeah, I would keep that to yourself. Okay. And in fact, the first... Somebody says Dawn... Yeah, Dawn. instead of Dawn. Did you see Dawn? Dawn. Dawn. It almost becomes two syllables. Yeah. Yes. I was hoping you didn't catch that. Hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. yeah. It sounds real good. I think, uh, Nick, you probably already asked Brad Inglesby, but I don't know if you have a, if he's got a lifeline out to her to try and get her on. Yeah, he does. And um, so Brad is the, the writer of the show and uh, grew up in the area. I, I've known him and his family for a long time. So I'll reach out to him again. I'll bet James McAvoy knows him. So Kathy, you can get in touch oh, with the yeah, 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 yeah. Get in touch with James. And maybe he can set up an interview with Kate Winslet. Well, I, I will try. So my friend was the uh, medical advisor on set and had to uh, work with her. He, she worked with Kate Winslet and, and, you know, gave her, I guess, direction on what Lally to do. Bob. And Well, no, and I think there's, she said there was, some, I think some 
some point when they had to like give someone an IV, and so they had to make sure it looked like it was real and all that kind of stuff. Um, So, Hmm. although I don't think she has Kate Winslet's phone number, maybe she got a contact for it. Yes, this officer mayor there. I think I have some information. (laughs) (laughs) What an uncanny accident! My God! After the death of Jen Simon, I did some self-reflection. All right. Well, listen. We need to take a break, and it is indeed talk like Bill Weston Day. We didn't know that until uh, we got a, a, an Katie, email. Yeah, or uh, had uh, emailed in that I guess at some point we d- we deemed <laughs> April twenty first to be talk like Bill Weston Day. Uh, so thank you, Katie. It popped up in her calendar. So feel free to spread the love and uh, talk like Bill Weston today. We're going to take a break because we have your chance to win money. We got the presidency money clip on the way. The Bizarre File stories are on, too. A couple of guests, and I will tell you about them when we get back, okay? Stay put. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them, too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Kathy's actually out driving around getting the traffic information right now. That's what she's doing. She said she's oh, yeah. tired of living through a computer mm-hmm. and wants to get out and interact. Either that or she had to take a dump. She had to take a big one. Not really sure. Brown Turtlehead Pogan. Talk like uh, like Bill Weston Day. Yeah. yeah, we we didn't even know that was today until we got an email that said, "Yeah, it is indeed April twenty first." Talk like Bill Weston Day, and I we still haven't yet trailed down when we uh-uh. apparently declared it such. Got a little bit of information, so Katie emailed back, and uh, she and Marissa were trying to track it down. And Marissa's looking for some of the audio as well. But uh, Katie wrote, "I can't really remember. It's, it might have been the day where Kathy was." I said hi to Bill in his voice, and then he responded about it, and then, uh, then a conversation ensued on air. Steve, you made a, a you know joke saying today is talk like Bill Weston Day, and that was a few years ago. Huh. So that's sort of where it started, but um, it wasn't like anything that we followed up on, which is often oh. the case on our Oh, show. she's back. Hey. She's here. Time to do the traffic. We're going to do that now. Did you make poops? <laughs> <laughs> and Jam Insurance Group Traffic. We ready? 295 yeah. northbound jams, 47 to 42. The right lane closed with construction. 55 northbound jams, Deptford to the 42 freeway. Schuylkill Expressway jams westbound. Vare Avenue to South Street and then slow from the boulevard out to Conshohocken eastbound side. Backing up from 202 into Belmont and then the boulevard to Spring Garden. 95 southbound jams, the Betsy Ross Bridge. Uh, to Gerard, you're extra, uh, especially heavy from Aramingo to Gerard. Once you get to the Vine, westbound slowing 95 to Broad Street, the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill. 
and then eastbound from the Schuylkill to Broad. In Coatesville, Business 30 eastbound at First Avenue, we've got traffic being diverted around an accident scene. This traffic report brought to you by Allstate. Looking to save money this year? Look at Allstate. You can get the protection you need at the low rates you want. Visit Allstate.com or call a local Allstate agent. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Posted a picture on Instagram of Bill, uh, and it just says, it just says, go scroll to the top, Nick, if you would, please. It just says, hmm, third leg of the stool, low-hanging fruit, barn door. <laughs> That's it. That's great, it's a great shot of Bill. Yeah. It is. a really good picture of him. A cigar in his mouth and uh, talk like Bill Weston Day. I'm surprised he hasn't come down yet. Is he here? Uh, he might not be here. I'm not really sure. Uh, all right. Oh, uh, you know what? It's 8 o'clock. We got to oh! do this. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for a Preston and Steve money clip. Memer. Now, here's your money clip keyword. That'll have to be part of our clip yeah, for yeah. Sunday, the memer. All right, so we have a chance for you to win the money right now. The keyword you need is equal, E-Q-U-A-L. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that. There are three ways for you to do it. You can text to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com in one random entry. Wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person will get a call from Beasley, so be sure to answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com, and it's sponsored by Hyundai City. So the word again, equal, E-Q-U-A-L. Good luck to you. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, brought to you this morning. By Mulch Works of Aston. They offer the <laughs> highest quality mulch and topsoil that is manufactured on the site, uh, on site. And they also have uh, leaf compost, decorative stone, pavers, and more. Mulch Works has delivery or pickup for residential and commercial market. Uh, visit mulchthis.com for details. A man is being uh, is recovering after being bitten by a rattlesnake that he tried to pick up with a pair of barbecue tongs over the weekend. That seems smart. Firefighters <laughs> responded after the incident was reported. The man was bitten near the thumb on his left hand. Yow! While he apparently attempted to pick up the venomous snake with a pair of barbecue tongs in an effort to protect children who were in the area. Not a finger! Uh, firefighters treated the man on scene before transporting him to a nearby hospital. Uh, by Monday, he was said to be doing remarkably well and expected to be released from the hospital later that day. Did the burgers burn? Uh, the victim has been around snakes most of his life, hence his daring right. actions. Uh, the man uh, said that the tongs he used were 14 inches in length, but joked that they were evidently not long enough. Animal Services was called out to the scene Saturday evening to deal with the rattler. Officer Mike McGee responded and located the snake. Uh, equipped with tongs that reach about five feet in humane storage bucket, he said about trying to trap the reptile. Ultimately, the officer decided it would be unsafe to release the rattlesnake near the community, uh, so the animal was later euthanized. Uh, they warned the public against using items such as cooking utensils to remove them. And uh, uh, like paper towel. They said a coiled rattlesnake can strike the length of its body, and the bites are painful and, in some cases, rare cases, fatal. Which I was always curious about. Uh, venomous snake bites. Yes. I assume that it would be along the lines of and more intense than a bee sting, right? Because it's poison, Sacks, it's yeah. venom, and and I wonder if it stings 
Like a, like a bee or a wasp does when you get bitten by a snake. That's know? a good question. Yeah, so obviously when a, when a bee introduces its venom, it, you, you feel that sting immediately. Oh my God. Yeah. I got a couple of years ago, it had been a long time since I got, in a, I got stung yeah. by a wasp. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it hurt bad, man. Uh, would a snake bite? You assume with, with fangs that big, you would certainly yeah. wouldn't be fun. No, but uh, but I'm curious about that, that right. stinging experience. So, anyway. Huh. Uh, we, we, here, Hola says, you, you, this uh, posting says, you usually experience some pain, tingling, or burning in the area when you've been bitten. Uh, swelling, bruising, discoloration on the side. Okay. A Montana wilderness guy, this is a terrible story, with a love for the outdoors, died after he was mauled by a grizzly bear, oh likely defending a moose carcass a near moose. Yellowstone oh. National Park. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Char- Why don't you forget the moose? Yeah. For a moment. It's probably what he said. I love moose. <laughs> I just do, and the guy was in the way, and it got, I'm sorry. Okay, now... I know there's going to be more. This guy was killed, but there's going to be more when I tell you his name. It was Charles Carl Mock. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was attacked. Do it again. Charl- his name is mentioned a lot right, in this okay. story. Okay, <laughs> Charles Carl Mock yeah. was attacked last week while fishing north of West Yellowstone near a campground. Mock yeah. Yeah. died at an Idaho hospital on Saturday. Mock yeah. sustained significant scalp and facial injuries. Okay, but yeah. this guy Listen, was, he was mauled. He was eaten by a bear here. Okay, so anyhow... Uh, he sustained significant scalp and facial injuries during the attack. And he's near a, a dead moose. Uh, well, they found out later on. So he was alone when the attack occurred, though he did have bear spray with him. It's unclear if he deployed, <sighs> deployed the bear spray. God. Rescuers spent about 50 minutes searching for him uh, before they located him. What about he, the moose? He was uh, transported via a rescue toboggan. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. And snowmobile and then taken to the hospital in Idaho Falls. The day after the attack, wildlife oh. experts with the Montana Fish and Wildlife Park surveyed the area. They encountered a bear that charged the group. Uh Uh-oh. And despite multiple attempts by all seven people to haze away the bear, continued to charge. And due to that immediate safety risk, the bear was shot and died about 20 yards from the group. Wildlife officials said they found a moose carcass within 50 yards of where the attack on Mock had occurred. Yeah. Indicating... Indicating Mark. the the bear, an older male weighing at least 420 pounds, was Jeez. defending his food source. That's, That's a brutal way to die. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Mark. <laughs> All right. Stop Let's move it. on to something completely Serious. different. In Korea, the recent opening of a sex doll experience shop huh. near local uh, school is reigniting controversies over life-size sex objects with many parents... Of study of uh, students voicing concern over the adverse impact of such facilities as they would have on their children. So you can actually go in and sample. Yeah, I think that's what this is. They call it a sex doll experience shop. Wow. Uh, while objectors are even referring to the facilities as a new form of sex trafficking, police and education officials are facing difficulties cracking down on them due to a lack of applicable laws. According to police, sex doll experience shops or cafes are categorized as a free business type and thus do not require approval from local governments to open. Uh, they added that they there are also no particular standards to regulate the new business related to sex dolls. Last Friday, police received a report that a sex doll experience shop has opened up in Seoul's uh, Jungo District. I have a sex doll at home. Her name is Annabelle. Uh, <laughs> The shop, which was located near two high schools, was being promoted both online and offline as an adult content experience shop. Wow. Wow. Uh, So the Annabelle, right? Annabelle. The Educational Environment Protection Act 
Bans facilities that can have an adverse impact to students, such as adult entertainment establishments, from opening, opening within 200-meter radius of the school. But the shop denies that's what it is. So, Steve, there's a news story with uh, some details on it and uh, a photo of three of the dolls in right. the shop. And one of the dolls is topless. They blurred out the topless <laughs> sex doll. The topless. You know, and it's like... Guys, it's a doll. It's yep. okay if we see her mannequin boobs. It yeah. is kind of interesting though because it does present a gray area. There's actually <laughs> yeah. no, there's no actual. I mean, yeah, I, it, it's, it's a gray area. Yeah, what a weird world. Yep. All right, you know what? No, she really loves me, <laughs> and that is enough to fill the bizarre file for now. So we will wrap on that one. Uh, you still have you know about eight minutes or so, but seven minutes actually. Uh, to get the word equal over to us, all right? And that is the money clip word for the hour, equal, E-Q-U-A-L. So get on it, enter it, don't miss your chance to win the money. Coming up a little later on this morning, we are going to talk to the founder and creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul book series. Sold over 500 million copies worldwide. That's insane. Got a new book out, and his name is Mark Victor Hansen. We're going to talk to him. And then we'll also have a gentleman who survived an avalanche on Mount Everest and has a book out about that. His name is Jim Davidson. So amazing. A few really interesting guests on the way. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Good luck winning that money. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hey, Preston and Steve fans, this is John from Harris Investigations. Spouse feeding on you? Need a background check for a new hire? Serving divorce papers? Locating a crucial witness? At Harris Investigations, no job is too big or too small. We're large enough to serve, yet small enough to care. Visit us on the web at harrisinvestigations.net. Mention Preston Steve for a special discount. Next message. Hey, Philly. Solar Steve here with JK Renewables, Cherry Hill's local solar company servicing the tri-state. Our certified solar engineers are here to help you qualify for panels at no upfront cost, receive all state and federal credits, and get you to quit paying your electric bill. We offer virtual and in-home consultations, all free, all 15 minutes. Call 856-238-1825 or visit jkrenewables.com and tell them Solar Steve sent you. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Interesting Reddit uh, thread that I picked up through uh, BuzzFeed. Um, And a guy had asked a question, what is the fastest you have ever seen... Uh, someone, a, a new co-worker, get fired mm-hmm. and asked for responses. And there were loads of interesting ones. So somebody's only been there for you know, a short amount of time and they get fired for whatever reason. We had one here, don't you remember? No. In yes. our sales department. I do. It, it was literally, was it like, it might have been 24 or 48 hours. Yep, yep, I do remember that. Uh, <laughs> this, the reason behind that, I'm not going to go into the details. Yeah, but the uh, it, it did involve the um, our old advice to make sure your social media is uh, clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the social media was clear, and that's why he was only here for 24 hours. Yeah. yeah, so keep that in mind if you're applying for a job somewhere and <laughs> may want to go back and check your history on social media, <laughs> see what you got in there. Uh, so if, if you have some examples, I'm going to read a few from there, and there's a bunch of really good ones. Feel free to let us know. Um, here's a, one of the first respondents said um, a week was as quick as they had seen someone get fired. Said, I worked in a bar, 
New girl started at work. She seemed a, a little rough, but was fine. One day she finished a shift, sat at the bar, ordered a red wine with lemonade and ice in it. And he says, not really relevant to the story, but just shows how she is. Uh, her boyfriend came in. They had a huge domestic in front of my manager and several customers. And she threw a drink over her boyfriend and dramatically stormed out. Uh-huh. So it was Not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. Take it to another bar. Yes. Uh, this one says, heard this from a manager I worked with uh, I worked with when I was uh, in fast food. There was this one kid who didn't show up for work. He did work often, so the manager called around, couldn't get anybody to fill in in his shift, so she had to fill in for him. And a few hours into his shift, the dude ditching showed up with his friends and ordered food from that manager. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's supposed to be working. He was fired on the spot. Now, I don't know how long that person was there uh, because... Did you guys have any uh, positions open? Yeah. My, my friend Brett got fired from McDonald's where, where I worked growing up three separate times. And they needed him to come back. So he kept back. And then he got fired again. And, he came, and his brother worked there. He got fired, too. It was just one of those things where, like, why do you keep coming back? And why do you keep getting fired? Well, he has such a special set of skills. Uh, um, other than, you know, having someone get fired very quickly, I we have talked about this before. And, and I've seen people just kind of disappear yeah right that happens there was a guy in sales ages ago at y100 who was there for i don't know a week or two or something and and just (laughs) decided he didn't want to come to work anymore and i mean left like just completely ghosted like never heard from him again yeah everyone has had that moment where you're there and you're thinking what the hell am i doing but at least let them know you're not coming in here's a great story this one says first day of work I saw this guy get fired. He walks up, or he walks in, and he says, what the F is up, dumbass, to the guy that was parked next to him. It didn't touch his new Camaro, but he had uh, he had just bought it since he had gotten hired. And the guy that he said, what the F up is dumbass, uh, F up dumbass to, was the CEO of the company who was there on a visit to their particular branch. He said, literally, 10 minutes into his shift, he was signing release papers. <laughs> That's a quick one. Uh, Another one says here, a 19-year-old kid got hired to work the seafood counter. I saw him twice and then never again. So I asked a co-worker what happened. He said he had closed uh, seafood one night and was walking out of the store, and the five pounds of crab legs he stuffed down his pants fell out in front of the closing manager. Oh, my God. So he's like, oh, Come on. Come on. Yep. Let it breathe before you start stealing. Here's a text that just came. It says, new guy on his first day of work. Refused to wear the approved uniform jacket. Fired within three hours of his first day. <laughs> so what do you, how do you, what, what do you say? No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Or I, aren't you aware that this is when you get hired, they set the rules. There are They're, rules. They are providing you the job and you are going to in turn work for them and they will pay you for that. Yeah. So if you didn't want to wear the jacket, let them know right at the beginning so they don't hire you. Yeah. Here's one that says uh, before their first day on orientation. It was quick as they saw somebody get fired. During orientation. Yeah. He said, I got hired uh, for a manufacturing job through a temp agency. Me and my friend of, of my, me and a friend of my wife were both supposed to start on Monday at the plant for a week-long orientation. She got into a fender bender on her way to orientation and called them to say that she'd be a bit late, that she had just needed to wait on the police to give a statement. Uh, the manager told her, don't even bother coming in. <laughs> Uh, the girl was torn up. She took pictures, and the police report in the hiring manager tried to explain 
things to the uh, company HR manager. Wow. No dice. She was fired before even clocking in. Well, that's just a jerk boss. That's just somebody who's yeah. being a dick. Have you ever, uh, on a side note, have you ever worked through a, a temp agency just to pick up some work? No. Not yeah. Have. Yeah. Have you? No. I never have, but we used to... Um, Throughout the years, we've done, you know, in the various radio stations, we've done commercials for places that are temp agencies. I always encourage people, if you, it's kind of a good way to, yeah, you want to get a smattering of experience. The one I worked for was called Kelly Services. I don't right. know if they're still around or not. but oh, uh, I remember them. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a few different jobs through them. Usually it was like data entry or whatever, but yeah. it, was, it was good pay. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up in some good jobs as a result. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Colleen. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. How is everybody? Wonderful. So you have a, uh, saw somebody get fired pretty quickly? Yeah, the company Christmas party, which was a few years ago, uh, this gentleman was invited because he was going to start the following week. The company Christmas party was on a Saturday. He was going to start Monday. So they invited him, said, hey, come on out, get to meet some of the people you're going to be working with. You get to see the, you know, the company as, as we are in our own element. And he got in a fight with his wife that night, his fight, his, his wife fought with one of the managers, got in his face, and he was fired on the spot. He never even started the job. If, wow. if you if, – that's a double-edged sword. So if you're invited, they invite you to the office Christmas party before you've even started, I would come up with any excuse possible to not attend because it, they're, they're always a, a potential disaster oh, to yeah. begin with. I don't I – don't, I don't think you should ever go to the Christmas party. Yeah, yeah but if you're going, if you're, if you're going on the Christmas party the first time, you don't meet, you don't know anybody. Right. Yeah. You're going to be on your best behavior. You're, you're right, you, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I knew a guy he, who. It was a big manager that he got in a fight with, so oh, it was like Jesus. the wrong person to pick a fight with. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Colin. Uh, people reveal themselves after yeah. a couple of cocktails, I guess. Yeah. I knew a guy who uh, whose mom couldn't attend the Christmas party, so he yeah. went in her stead. <laughs> I heard about that guy. How'd that go? Yeah. He took a, he stripped down his underwear and danced on the table. <laughs> He's popular. Wearing mirrored round sun rim sunglasses. <laughs> Wait. Did you get in trouble from your mom? I mean, it was a private. Company and I knew them and and uh, no, not trouble. Okay, but was, was then went... anybody else in the Renner Pants? No. Okay. No, there was a DJ and he had hula hoops and uh, wow. was doing all kinds of fun stuff and the drinks were free and I took off my clothes. Was everybody encouraging? Uh, you? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, 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 hey, 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 hey. I don't remember. That's like my favorite story. It was it was fun at the time. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. It says, uh, guy showed up to work on his first day with the smell of alcohol in his breath at 7 a.m. Wow. When questioned, he admitted to taking a couple of swigs on the way to calm his the first day nerves down oh, a little bit. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, uh, he was fired on the spot. He yeah. worked there less than 20 minutes. Or so. Here's a similar oh, text, Preston, of, uh, along those lines. All right. Uh, it says, company I used to work for had a new hire for exactly six hours. Hours when they took her for a mandatory drug test after her training, she tested positive for such high levels of cocaine. Oh mm. They believed that she was doing it on the way to oh. her test. Yeah, wow. I um, I definitely Oof. smell alcohol in people's breaths uh, instantly, instantly. Uh, but I wonder if now, with everybody having to wear masks. Um, if that hides it a little bit, that's interesting. More. Especially if you treat your mask with some sort of cologne or something, perhaps. Yeah, take a little nip here and there. Put mm-hmm. a charcoal filter in it. Uh, I'm going to go to Michael. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? 
Hey, so uh, I owned a construction business in Northern Virginia. I had a best friend uh, living up in Jersey, and her boyfriend fell on hard times. So I gave them a place to live and the boyfriend a job working with me. The first day, I, I should have known right off the bat, just getting in the car, he was PO'd about having to leave so early. But we get to the job. I tell him I need him to cut some boards. Within 15 minutes, he comes up to me with a circular saw with the cord cut in half. No, brand geez. new. He cut the cord in half. I'm like, I thought you'd done this before. He's like, yeah, but never this kind of... This kind of work. I fired him on the spot, made him sit there all day while I worked, drove back, and then kicked him out and sent him back to Jersey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he made it about 15 minutes into the job. That was about 15 minutes into the job. He sat there for eight hours that day, and it was an oh hour God. drive back. Yeah, wow. yeah. I thought you said you did this kind of work. Yeah, but I was lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, man, that was the worst mistake ever. To yes. That's no, no, right. Thanks, say, Michael. No good deed goes unpunished yeah uh let me go to line one this is jason hey jason good morning hey, good morning gadzooks gadzooks buddy all right quick as you've seen somebody get fired uh within the first half of their shift uh on their first day of training uh, i used to work retail as manager and covering a, a warehouse so we had a delivery come in and the, the there was a gap in the doors where the truck would back up yeah. and we knew about it. There was a camera on it. This guy learning how to just stack items on a pallet, unloading a truck decides to drop a box of iPods out the gap. Say he's going on break, walk around the back of the building and carry the box of iPods to his car wow. all on camera. We knew about all this. Oh my it was, it was the, the fastest I had ever gotten uh, a response from HR with, Absolutely terminate them, and uh, cops showed up and locked them up and took them away on the spot. Yeah, because that's if theft. You're, if you're going to steal from the company, case the joint for yeah, a few yeah. weeks while you work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find the loopholes and then go that way. And disappeared. Yeah. If he would have just walked to his car and disappeared, we probably wouldn't have picked up on it until at least the end of the day. Right. Sure. Uh, yep. Yep. He decided wow. to come back in yeah. and try to finish his shift. You oh make your God. first theft a box full of iPods. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jason. So my friend, uh, and I didn't know him then because I, I knew him in college, but when he was in high school, he worked at a uh, gold medal sporting goods. Remember those? Uh, oh, yeah. Nick? Yeah. And sure. he, he would... Um, he would he would throw things away in the dumpster and then uh, go back steal them after the shift was over. Man. Yeah, so he had a little side hustle because he would sell all that stuff. I mean, come on, you know, you, the amount of 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 employee theft mm -hmm. that companies deal with on yeah. a yearly basis would mm -hmm. blow your mind. I'm going to go next to Brian talking about uh, people that have gotten fired very very quickly. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, bud? Well, I got fired as I showed up for my first day of work. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Do it tell. Was, um, it was daylight savings time had just ended, so the clocks were all screwed up. Um, it was a morning shift. I started at 6 a.m. at a gas station. I show up, try the door. The door is locked. I knock on the door. The manager's on one side of the door. I'm on the other side of the door, and he just looks at me and waves goodbye. Wow, just so, a little harsh. That that was th Come that on. is an accident that is made by many many people during the clock shift. He <laughs> he wouldn't even entertain the notion that w that it was a legitimate honest mistake. We we got there eventually. The the way it all worked out. I didn't change my clock. I knew it was daylight savings time. I'd been up late partying because I was in college. Um, 
and I didn't change the clock, but I just reset my alarm to make sure that I would still get up on time for work. Right. My buddy sees that I've gone to sleep and comes in and sees my clock and is like, oh, crap, you didn't change it. Oh, my God. My clock. Oh. Uh, now, I did I did have a conversation with them. I did get the job back, but, man, I was fired in 15 years. That's fine. Wow. Yeah, you know, listen, and again, my father, for all the, the advice he's given me throughout the years, there's a couple things. One of the most salient pieces of advice was show up on time. And get that done. That'll help you keep a job. But yeah. so many people just don't. Rochelle's uh, motto is early is on time. On yeah. time is late. And late is unacceptable. Yeah. And I agree with that. Unless you grew up out. in my family, then when you're only five minutes late, you're not really late at you're all. You're not right. really late? <laughs> no, you're, you're right on time. Oh, my God. my I used to, like, curse my mom in my head when I was in college. And I was like rushing to get to class on time because I was like, this is her fault. Right. This is how she raised me that you wait till the last minute to leave because I would try to squeeze whatever I could in like a little more studying or I could quick, quick do laundry really quick before my class and then you end up being late. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, here's uh, another one from the article. It says this guy hadn't even started yet uh, and just had his introductory email sent out to the whole company, which ended with incredibly explicit details about himself, mm. and he got fired before he even started. Doesn't indicate what the explicit. Oh, yeah, I'd like to are. see what those yeah. were. Right uh, here's another one that says day one hit a parked car in the parking lot with the person still inside. When he was confronted, he lost his mind and even used threats. The man he hit walked up to security and said, "Don't let that man into my building. People like that don't work for me." He had hit the director's Porsche. Yeah. Oh my God! Yep. You um you will hear about like in in sales especially like pharmaceutical medical sales because they have to go away for training. Yes, they do. You will hear about people getting sent home. Uh, I mean, you know, they're they're away they, for a week. Yeah, what, because of uh, just partying or you oh know. really? Yeah, you've got to watch that. You've honestly put things in context. Like we talked about president earlier, the Christmas party. You don't need it. You don't need the Christmas party. You don't need to get into any situation mm-hmm. that's going to compromise you or make you look bad in front of your bosses. I will go next to Frank. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, bud? So I used to work in a McClane shop where we hired a new tech. He claimed to be a master tech. Um, and on his first day... You know, we all expected, you know, him to bring a big toolbox into work. And he actually bought a little tackle box, like a fishing tackle box. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he would get handed all these big jobs. And, you know, I'd have to hold his hand throughout the entire thing. And, you know, as a master tech, you shouldn't really be helped with anything. I mean, this guy couldn't even change a battery by himself. <laughs> That's pretty bad. So how soon before you fired him? Uh, well, I didn't fire him because I wasn't the boss. But once the boss caught wind of him, uh, he was out of there. He, it was probably two, three days. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the notion of being able to lie your way through something like being a, a master tech right. um, uh, or like a neurosurgeon, yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna be exposed pretty quickly. <laughs> the fake it till you make it yeah. thing doesn't quite work. I'm a those. pilot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll try Jake. Hi, Jake. Good morning. Morning. What's hey, up, bitches? Hey, hey bitch. What's going on, man? <laughs> Uh, nothing much, man. So uh, we actually, uh, I, I run a car dealership. I'm a sales manager. And we had this guy who uh, we hired. He was supposed to be a technician. And uh, he told us he didn't have a car. He needed a car. So he started. We gave him a car at a discounted rate. We gave him, like, the employee price. And then he stopped showing up to work the next day. Wow. And so, all right, wow. so that guy pulled the pulled the never come back again thing. Yeah. And he, and he, yeah. he got away with the car? 
Well, so the worst part about it is that he owed us $5,000 down for his, like, loan that he had. Yeah. And after he stopped showing up, he just disappeared. Now, that's a crime. That I mean, is. he's committed a crime <laughs> at that point. That's, that's not simply just, you know, murfing it. All right. Thanks, Jim. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's here's a couple texts coming in that says, uh, loan officer fired first day for looking at porn on his office <laughs> oh or his company-issued laptop. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Can't look at porn on your company? <laughs> Not on your first day. No. Or your no. loan officer. Radio, it's encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there are programs that are, like, on the computers. I don't know if we have them here. I guess we probably broke that program. But where if you search anything that the company lists as, you know, inappropriate or whatever, they get an alert and they know exactly what computer it comes from. Yeah, I'm not on the network. Yeah, they probably just turned that off because they For got us. tired of it, yeah. Yeah. seeing everything pop up. In fact, they get an alert when it's not porn coming into our computers. Uh, another text says, at a previous job, we escorted a kid out after 15 minutes. He was trying to sell heroin to a co-worker. No. Oh. And, well, then, he- and then he super glued all the locks the next week on our building. Jesus. You're just trying to be light at work. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can get in their good graces if I sell them heroin. I like this one. This says, uh, as a teenager, I worked at a bowling alley. Within an hour, a new girl was fired on the spot because she dropped a bowling ball on the foot of a complaining patron. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. <laughs> on purpose, we assume. I yes. assume, and that's... Uh, I'll you show can, you. You could really hurt that's somebody assault, badly. Uh, this one says, the quickest they saw someone get fired was about 35 minutes in. Said I hired a guy to work for me as quality inspector for merchandise headed to Walmart and Target. Uh, he bragged about everything that he stole from his last job during training and how they paid him more than I did. Well, I'm not holding him back from all that money, so I had uh, some big guys escort him off the property. That's got to be the easiest job in the world, a quality inspector at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will go next. Eh, that'll be fine. Uh, we have Preston. Good morning, hey. Preston. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, my man? Uh, long-time listener. I call in once in a while. Well, it's like my second. But listen, guys. So this guy, he worked for me. He worked. I was a glass blower. I started blowing glass in 94 in high, after I graduated high school. I yeah. uh, was making handmade glass for a family-owned company in South Jersey. We hired this guy. He worked for us for about two months. So his job was the ball. He's, I blow the glass, and he and takes he tickles. care of <laughs> he takes, uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I just just, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Hey, to top, to top it off, man, we blew glass balls all day. There you oh, go. Right. There it is. So, so what did he do to get uh, get to screw up? What's that? What did the guy do to screw up? Uh, hey, man. So this guy, he's in charge of. So I'm a glass blower, so I got to keep the irons cool. Right. After after they're in use. Yeah. So this guy is in charge of that. So he um. Apparently, you know, he has to use my Vaseline to keep Vaseline in the locker nearby because that's glass blowing. Because <laughs> you're doing all that blowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it keeps your lips from drying out. Right, so right. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, right. so hands this, nice fella, this fella apparently doesn't know that we use it for that. He must think that we use it for our hands or some other other reason. Okay. So he come and asked me to borrow some Vaseline. Not thinking, I said, yeah, go ahead. And then, I, then a minute later... I put the irons down, and I asked him, why are you touching, why are you using my Vaseline? Because I need to put that, that that's for me. Everyone has their own Vaseline. That goes on my lips. And he said to me that he had some dry. <laughs> I had right, hang on, hang on, hang on. I had to dump out on that. So he said the reason he needs a Vaseline is he has some dry crotch. Yeah, and then you said, crotch. what the F is dry crotch? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like. 
19 years old, man. Like, yeah, yeah. This guy's older than me. He's in his 30s. And I asked yeah. him, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? He said he spent a nice night with a lovely woman a couple weeks ago, but apparently he had something wrong where he had some blisters popping. So he had, he had like a, he had an STD. He put the Vaseline on his STD, and it's the same Vaseline you put on your lips. I want to die. Exactly. Right. And here you are, just a young man blowing some glass balls, yeah. and, and you're afraid of getting a social disease. Yeah, from blowing glass balls. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody get fired in this story, or is this just... No, 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 he's, he's just bragging. bragging. No, they, they got married. <laughs> no, he was gone, man. He, he was gone. Sure, you oh. cannot. We that is. If you go into our kitchen right here at the at, at One Bell Applause, it says, "Do not offer a Vaseline you've put on your genitals if someone <laughs> yeah. plans on using it on their lips." It's this, an is, yeah. Sign, this is Bill lip, Weston. This is lip Vaseline. Yeah. This is not STD. Do not, Vaseline. This is this is for your dry balls. <laughs> not for your yeah. lips. There's, Live Vaseline and ball Vaseline, and they're in two separate containers, marked clearly. Preston, that's our favorite story of the day. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, man. No worries, guys. Bye-bye. Right, you, you don't know what? If it had to do with anything else that we were talking about. He got about. fired. Yeah. Oh, okay. The dude, the dude got fired. I had one shot with five Taiwanese hookers. <laughs> Did someone get fired? <laughs> I just wanted to tell somebody. <laughs> no, he, I'm just, I just needed to get that out. I'm just glad that Bill has two different vats of Well, he does, yeah. Vaseline, Vaseline in yeah. our kitchen. They're even in separate parts of the kitchen. Yeah, one for your balls, one for your lips. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Here's another one that says, uh, three, I saw someone get fired three hours into their first shift. Guy lost it serving an annoying customer in a grocery shop threw a cabbage at her. The manager came and told him to go home because he's finished here. There's cabbages for eating and cabbages for throwing. They're clearly marked. Yes. <laughs> Listen to your supervisor. Um, and then uh, let me get another call here. Uh, okay, yep. Let me go. We got a break here shortly, Case. I'll go to Paul. Hey, Paul, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, Paul? i doing some rock truck stuff. So I had it, uh, my dad's got his own company. He hired his sister's uh, husband, and he ended up getting busted looking up porn and using the company email to make uh, accounts and look up websites and whatnot. <laughs> okay. and, so this was, was, and this was how soon after getting hired? Uh, probably two weeks, About give or two, take. Two weeks in, yeah. Okay. He, fe- he felt all settled in, part of the company. Let and, it breathe. Yeah. Let it breathe. Sorry, Maybe go home and won't look at porn. Yeah. And the dad fired him, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. You're not very good at all. Uh, let me see here. How many glass balls did you blow today? Let me go to Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up, man? Uh, no, one day I went to uh, breakfast with my foreman. He was talking about hiring this guy. So we're sitting there eating, and he decides to look up his Facebook, and this guy's waving, like, a gun and money in the Facebook page. Oh. And he's like, no, I'm not going to hire him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so fired before, before even you... being hired. Good, good yeah. idea is to take your pictures of you throwing gang signs and fanning money off your social media before you go in for your job, right? Yep. yep. Uh, all right, let me go to one more, and then we're gonna have to take a break. Uh, I'm gonna go to Larry. Hey, Larry. <laughs> What's up, Larry? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, so I work for a solar company. Um, you know, we go out, we. Uh, I'm part of the technicians. We go out, we inspect the homes, see if they even qualify for solar. Um, you know, roof quality, things like that. And-
and this information is given to every new hire, and we go through detail what exactly we do because it's not a fun job. Right. Uh, we, we get on rooftops. So we got a new hire, went through the process, explained what was going on. Uh, first house, you know, got him up on the roof. It was a little bit of a steeper roof, but nothing, you know, wasn't a sliding board. Uh, he ended up having a panic attack, and we had to call the fire department with a bucket truck. <laughs> Wow. Oh, the poor guy. Oh, man. I, I mean, I, he was, I, I, I'm sure, listen. Well, you had to let him go because he wasn't made for that He couldn't do it, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, when That's anyone's funny, trying for a job and trying to get some employment and working, and obviously it's it's a tough thing. So I, I bet you he convinced himself, I can do this, I can do this, and, again, he couldn't. But the poor, poor bastard. Larry, what were you, were you, were you there when it happened? No, unfortunately, I was not. It was uh, one of my other district managers. Uh, oh, he, I bet, I he bet went they went out with them, and he he ended up having to, you know, he wasn't too happy, but you know, it happens. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate you, it. Yeah. Oh have no, the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> no. Holy cow. All right. We'll end with this text. Uh, it says, "Hey guys, it's your former intern, 007 here." 007, yeah. Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah. He said, I thought that I was going to get fired when I got true drunk at a live show at the shore and woke up in a hotel room with Nick pointing a camera in my face. Remember that? You had a girlfriend at the time but hooked up with another intern? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and I spanked him heartily. Oh, that's great. With a paddle and his, like, the skin peeled off his ass. And yet we kept him. Days. Yeah. He's still writing for Philly Voice? He said, thanks for not firing me. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. The time. Last I checked. All right. Same on. Anyway, thank you for sharing the people getting fired. I'm sure Bill has fired people. I'm sure he's had to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure that he has had to can somebody for a good reason after a short amount of time. Radio is filled with strange people. You can forget that second Rolling Stone song. You're out of here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that so wasn't the reason. Maybe Bill will share a story on Talk Like Bill Weston Day. We'll find out. Uh, we do need to take a break. We have a couple of really cool guests that are coming up. We have the founder and co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, the book series. He's got a new book out. His name is Mark Victor Hansen. Sounds pretty cool. And also, a gentleman who survived an avalanche at Mount Everest will be joining us. We'll be back in a few. Stay with us. someone you love suffer from PWS, pathetic wardrobe syndrome? WMMR is here to help. A pretend clinical fake study we totally made up shows a visit to the WMMR.com rock shop may reduce PWS with lots of items made to brighten and improve your quality of life. Current and vintage design station tees, Preston and Steve Gadzooks gear, Pierre coffee cups, ball caps and beanies, Jackson Jeep Club travel mugs, Jackie Bam Bam's vampire wall clock, the new Brent Porsche fleece and polo, and more. Available now to end pathetic wardrobe syndrome. Side effects may include feelings of euphoria uncontrolled fits of joy and the urge to hug your postal delivery person but well uh, not just yet ask your doctor if the wmmr rock shop is right for you and they'll probably ask why you're asking them that shop now at wmmr.com and say goodbye to pathetic wardrobe syndrome which may or may not actually be a thing mmr rocks your wardrobe well, I just found out we have two guests on the show this morning, which is that? nice, that are going to be joining each other. So they're husband and wife. And, well, that makes sense. Uh, and Chicken Soup for the Soul has sold over 500 million copies <laughs> worldwide. That's a big number. That's, that's, I would call that pretty good. And there is a new book out. It is called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. It's brought to you by the same people that brought you Chicken Soup for the Soul. Please welcome 
Uh, Mark Victor Hansen, his wife Crystal. Is hey! Right. Good morning, guys. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Nice to be here. It's our pleasure to have you guys. So, uh, Mark, you know, real quick, if you don't mind, uh, touching on, we'll we'll talk about the new book, Ask, but touching on the the success of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, that came out, the first edition came out, or the first issue, I should say, came out in what year? June 28, 1993. Okay, 1993. And I remember it being like the book. It, it yeah. was. It was. Everyone just, had it. it. It was a name that popped up. Everybody was reading it, and it had been from from a quick uh, bit of research. You had been passed up by some of the major publishers when you first pitched that idea. If I'm correct. In truth, 144 all said, "Hit the road, Jack." My partner was Jack Canfield, and then uh, we had our agent say, "Look, you guys are never going to sell us." Uh, here's a letter I'm releasing you forever, and that's cost him tens of millions of dollars because we sold a half billion books, which Oof. nobody else ever done. So a lot of people made mistakes. You, you know, the thing that I remember, and, and I think this is what's served you well, knowing what I've been able to glean about you uh, and your approach, is that um, a lot of there were a lot of quasi self help books and things of that nature that that became trendy and went away, but you somehow managed to tie into something that was basic, but yet people, I remember when, when I read it and people that I knew were reading it, they were like, yeah, yeah. It was tapping into something that people sort of innately knew, but wanted the reaffirmation of it. And so you've, you've managed to bypass the passing trend and, and stay as something that people continue to turn to throughout the years. It's very impressive. Well, thank you. We were doing heart-touching, soul-penetrating stories that caused God bumps, goosebumps, chili bumps, and caused instantaneous behavioral change. So we had it down pretty well, just like we've got it now in the new book. What? So what, what led to your life philosophy, and how did you develop um, this take on things? I mean, you, you know, doing the research on you, there's, I mean... You come from uh, Danish immigrants, and, and, and there's not a lot about anything like, for, you know, no no tremendous tragedy or some, some pivotal moment in your life that informed what you've become. How did you get to where you are in life and have this take on things? Great question. So um, what happened is I was a Danish immigrant parents, like you said, but remember, I was in remedial reading from first grade to sixth grade, and they called me a dumb Dane. So uh, all of a sudden in high school, my uh, English teacher said, look, you could start to love reading and transform your life. And I became an addicted reader and a really good student, I guess uh, you'd say. And then Jack, Dr. Canfield, and I met. And we said, holy cow. He said, you're the best storyteller I've ever met. Can we uh, put this together? And everybody said no. And we finally sold it ourselves. And, and uh, I've been a good guy selling and marketing ever since. And, and uh, since I was nine years old, I was a top greeting card salesman in America as a little Boy Scout. So I just I love selling and marketing and said, Wait, why didn't somebody sell a billion books? And just uh, two days ago, Crystal and I were on a podcast with the top guy at, at Amazon uh, bestseller list. And he said, you are the Roger Bannister of books. And I said, you know, after Bannister ran the four-minute mile, the next week, 119 people did it. The point is, we were physiologically no different, but it was a breakthrough. And so I'm breaking through to higher book sales. And it's going to help everybody get to higher sales and book sales thanks to COVID confinement that are at an all-time high right now. Well, let me ask you another question here. So the new book, which I'm very intrigued about, Ask, uh, is something that's so simple, but a technique that um, that uh, you expound upon and, and explain. I have to ask your wife, how was his game when he asked you to marry him? Uh- <laughs> 
There's a funny story about that. Actually, my mom sent me to an author's conference because I was finishing my first book and um, she insisted that I go. I was trying to get out of it, but I was in the VIP room talking to a speaking coach, ironically saying, I'm not going to drink at all because I'm just going to really talk about my business. And a woman um, inadvertently spilled an entire glass of red wine on my white pants. Right. And Mark is comes rushing over from the other side of the room where he's surrounded by an entourage of people. Cause he must've been looking my way. Yeah. <laughs> he comes rushing over. He grabs my hand. He's like, I'm so sorry. May I help you find some club soda so we can get rid of that stain? And that was the beginning of our relationship. He literally dragged me into the kitchen. He knew where the kitchen was in this hotel because he'd had a lot of events there. Found the club soda, started talking about my work. He was intrigued because my clients were having amazing breakthroughs. I'm a transformational life coach, clinical hypnotherapist. And um, we, did, you know, he invited me to dinner and, and the rest was history. Well, of course, my guess is he was looking at you for quite a while, uh, you know, prior, prior to that. But uh, the whole thing about this and what both of you are doing, and it's something that we talk about a, a fair amount on the show. I mean, we're, we're more of a pop culture driven show. But we tend to be reticent about things. We were talking earlier about an actress who had issues with, you know, uh, personality disorder and things of that nature. And and uh, we 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 tend to, you know, we'll put a bandaid on, we'll put a splint on, but we won't do we won't do the work to to get us uh, adopting a positive outlook in life or being energized to to get forward momentum or creative visualization. Somehow that's just flighty talk that doesn't mean anything but but it does and 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 both you obviously are working towards that what what's the biggest obstacle that people face before they will embrace the concept of doing the kind of work that you guys promote you know the big biggest obstacle people face is they they don't spend enough time with themselves and they're taking all their cues from the outside world so we're all looking out each day looking at this crazy world and all the bad things that are happening and it sort of feels like life is just coming at us and we're just ducking and dodging and trying to keep all the balls in the air when in reality you create your own life experience and you do it from the inside out so if the more time you spend with yourself deliberately trying to create what you want the more you're going to love your life the more you're going to get the results that you actually want, the more you're going to be able to release those dreams in your heart and start pursuing, start really making tracks toward your ultimate destiny. Because we believe that every person does have an ultimate destiny, which in our you know, opinion is the ultimate expression of you, yeah. you know, you as your very, very best version. Mark, uh, you and I were chatting a little bit last night. This is Nick, by the way, and I, I wanted to um, ask you about your time in Philadelphia and what you thought of this city, because I know you spent a lot of time here over the years. Well, what happened is when I, I'll uh, the question two questions ago, is that I went bankrupt and I was starting to build a business as a professional speaker. And um, I did all of Long Island, all of Manhattan, and now all of a sudden I'm in Philadelphia and it's, I go early in the morning to a car barth agency, the biggest at Equitable, and they loved me so much. They did two things that surprised me. They gave me a 10-year contract, which I thought, wow, I'm just a 26-year-old beginning speaker. <laughs> and the second thing they did is they called the other $100 million agencies because what most people don't know, Nick, like you and I talked about yesterday, they go from New York and fly to D.C., and they miss the greatness, the business of Philadelphia. So I did a lot of work there and talked to probably a hundred thousand people over time. And it was all wonderful. The people there, it is literally the city of brotherly love. And of course I ran up the uh, staircase just like Rock. Uh-huh. 
Nice. Hey, I wanted to ask, so the, and, and asking is what this is all about. Yeah. The book is called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. What's what's the foundation of this this particular book, and how how is it uh, uh, is is the suggestion of using our ability to ask going to be helpful uh, to individuals? Right. So we determined there are actually three channels through which we need to learn to ask, and those people who who seem to be getting you know massive success in your li- in their lives have really great relationships, happen to be really great at asking, but the channels are ask yourself ask others and ask God. And each of those channels is equally important that the ask yourself part is that reflective journey. Um, asking others is really sort of your bonding journey in life because we can't do this life alone. You know, we're going to need to understand that we have to be a resource to one another. Everybody needs somebody. We all need each other. And then the ask God part is really how you connect to your greater purpose. So we feel like each of those is equally important. It just so happens that people are, who are, massively successful in their careers, relationships, um, connected to their life purpose, happen to be great askers. Mm. What if you're not a faith follower and uh, and asking God is not in your repertoire? Right. No, that's a great question. You know, I always say just start by going to your higher self, asking. I, I mean, we really believe that every person has that that part of us inside that is our higher self. And it's interesting. I've found with my own clients that when you start going into, you know, asking your higher self, sometimes you bump into God because honestly, God can't, you know, works through you. He's not out there somewhere far away in the sky or, you know, so it's really interesting when you just start, Asking your higher self, that I, greatest part of you. It's an interesting point because I think we 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 tend to be afraid of what people think if we if we ask, they might assume oh these they they don't know what they're doing. It's okay to not know what you're doing sometimes. It's okay. My dad, we you know, talk about advice that you get from your parents, and and early on, my dad just would always tell me if you see somebody doing something or who has succeeded, go ask them how did you do that. And, and not to be afraid of that. How did you do that? How did you make that work that way? And and the people who are, are successful, and in my life, the people who have been successful were always the the first to say, "Well, let me show you," because they're not they're not covetous of success. They're not. They want to share it. Is would you agree with that? Absolutely. The reason I sell more books than anybody has ever sold is that I asked the hundred and one best nonfiction and fiction authors, not how do you because I think I'm pretty good at that. See, I've got critics, but because um, <laughs> they don't make statues to critics, though, is, it, is I said, how did you mark some books and how did you sell more? And then I created a while of a business plan and all of what we did with Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams or Destiny, we discovered everybody suffers from seven roadblocks to asking and they come in different levels and flavors and sometimes all of them, but we have a sense of unworthiness where we've been conditioned from our childhood that we don't deserve better. We don't trust ourselves. Right. You don't know and you don't know and doubt and then excuses and then fear and then pattern paralysis and then uh, disconnection. So any one of those can wipe us out. And what happens is when people are reading our book now, because we're the number one bestseller after a year of working at it, they look at the mirror and they go, holy cow, I can shrink this. I can make it disappear and get rid of all my fear. It's a marvelous little thing that's happening. Is it true that you are are you sold out on Amazon now? Or are you guys having to uh, to hustle to get more copies? Yeah, it was really crazy. Um, about a week and a half ago, we hit Amazon bestseller. We sold out of books. I mean, it was a nice problem to have, but still a little bit of a problem. So our publisher was scrambling to you know finish our, our reprint and get it to Amazon. And once he did, 
it still was an issue because Amazon has been so inundated because of COVID. There's just right. so many products flowing through that they're a little backed up in their restocking. And so for a while, we had to put out a, a sort of a POD, a paperback POD. But Print on um, demand. Yeah, so we're in good shape now. But um, And, of course, it's on Kindle and audiobooks, so a lot of people like it in that version. But, yeah, people are really loving the hardback version. It's a beautiful book, and I think people still – love to hold that book in their hands yeah. mm-hmm. and highlight it's it's a book some people go this is like a course to change your life so it's one of those books you want to highlight and you want to go back to when you're struggling because you know life continues to happen we all know it's not that straight easy narrow road and we need tools and that's why mark and i wrote the book We're, because we we try to give people tools that are really practical and useful and kind of simple i mean we were all born as as children with this beautiful kind of uncorrupted ability to ask. You know, we asked who, what, when, where, why, how. We were infinitely curious. And uh, we weren't afraid to ask for more or pretty much ask for anything we wanted. And then depending on how we were parented, how, what happened in our school years, you know. You get timid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We get, we get shut down. Sort of that beautiful ability gets crushed out of us. And suddenly we're standing there as adults pretty much terrified to ask anyone for anything and like you were saying early, kind of ashamed that we don't have all the answers, right. which is crazy. How can any of us have all the answers? And, and how can any of us do this life alone without being a resource to one another? So it's a super important, important tool for people. I think this sort of stuff is necessary. I think a lot of times people are, again, as we said before, are like, they get reticent, like, I don't know, man, man. this doesn't make any sense to me. And, and, and if you... Uh, if if you could do, I, I mean, I set some guides early on and just little tricks for myself and, and, and in as far as not providing myself a ton of safety nets to force forward momentum and to and the creative visualization thing. And those, you know, everyone can they could take what you're imparting and tailor it to their own needs. But it, but it's it, at least take it, take a shot at it once. If you find that you're stalled and you're not making the kind of progress you want, sometimes Preston, you'll agree with this. You, you, you t- like talking to like therapy sometimes, absolutely, you know, or anything like that that moves you forward in thinking about these things can be a godsend. Yeah. Right on. You know, and no matter what we think about life, our our minds all work the same way. We form pictures in our minds about ourselves, and those pictures we form are usually based on our past experiences. So, and most of them are negative. So we don't realize it, but we're recreating through our own imagination and our own fears all the things we didn't like about our past, all the worries, all the setbacks. Yeah. If we don't intervene in that process deliberately and start asking, you know, that sort of that ask yourself part, that reflective journey, like, you know, what did I learn from this? Is Do I need to take this forward? How can I release this? We have the, you know, self-examination questions in the book. We have the holding up the mirror questions. And all of that can help you release all of those negative kind of patterns that you've been holding in your brain and your emotional body and kind of just let go that, let go of that and start to form better pictures in your mind, pictures about the life you really want. Steve, it's what you said about visualization because your consciousness goes into subconscious out to superconscious. And what happens is you've only got a couple of choices. You can accept an idea, reject an idea, or the third part, which is what you're saying is you can form a whole new thought, a creative thought, like who'd ever think that we could fly back before the Wright brothers came along or any of the breakthroughs that we'd have cell phones and not be tethered for the rest of our lives. And all of us listening have gone through that. And now the cell phone is, is literally an AI extension of our body and our mind and our being. Yeah, it's true. 
So I um I want to ask about uh you know this, is this for people and can this for be for people who are desperate right because like when I think of this I'm like there there are people out there that are just a few clicks and a few steps away from absolute success from absolute happiness and contentment but there are a lot of people out there that are desperate that are so far in a hole yeah and whether we're talking financially socially uh you emotionally. know spiritually emotionally and all that. Um, it's somebody that is in the absolute depths of it right now, that's listening right now. Can this help them? You know what? This book is exactly for that person because when you're that deep and each of us have been there before guys, you know, it seems like, Oh, people who are successful. They've always had it easy. No, we've been through terrible situations in our life. So we know, but when you're in that deep, you just, you're sort of wallowing in all the problems and the misery and you can't see a way forward. And so it's hard to get a positive picture It's hard to form a great new idea, but asking is a little simple tool. All you have to do is start asking some questions. Everybody can ask questions and question by question, answer by answer. You'll get, you'll suddenly be like, you'll get an illumination. You'll suddenly get a breakthrough. You'll be like, oh, I didn't think of that. You'll suddenly keep asking questions. A plan will start to form. You will be amazed at how resourceful your own mind is. In fact, the studies we looked at show that when you start asking yourself questions, a different part of your brain lights up. And it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking. Um, So your brain becomes a better resource to you because when we're in that fear mode where everything's falling apart, we kind of, our brain goes into primitive mode. It's not doing its best thinking. So the way to snap yourself out of that is get the book and start asking those questions and and write down your answers. And you'll be amazed at how fast things start to pivot. We often talk about a scene in a movie that that, that we we love, and it's a powerful movie called American History X. And there's a scene where the uh, the, the the skinhead played by uh, Ed Norton, um, he's asked by a, 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 a an instructor and a mentor in his life. He says, "Have you what have you done to make your life better?" And that is the pivotal moment at which it snaps and the clarity comes into his yeah, mind. Yeah, he had asked him before. He said, do not ask him the right question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the question was, has anything you've done made your life better? Yeah. And it's boom, immediately. Yeah. And by the way, all of us need to make our life better all the time. If you're alive, like Crystal said, we believe you were born with a destiny, and it's great. When I went bankrupt in 1974, and I'd been in graduate school with the smartest guy on the planet, Bucky Fuller, Einstein's best student. He'd been at a geodesic dome, but I went bankrupt overnight in New York. And, and that's a long story, but I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room uh, for six months. And I kept asking myself, what is it I'm supposed to do? And all of a sudden, the idea came up. So let's talk to people that care about things that matter that make the life-changing difference. The next morning, I go, whoa, to my three roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. And I said, hey, guys, any of you know somebody young that's speaking that's not a lawyer, doctor, celebrity, famous radio host or something else? And they said, yeah, because I was asking them. And he said, yeah, there's a young guy out speaking in Hopog, Long Island. Well, I went and watched this guy mesmerize 500 people. I got out there. I asked Chip afterwards, Chip Collins, I said, teach me how to do what you do. He said, look, kid, the chance you make it is one in a thousand. You ain't going to make it. But I said, I want to do it. He said, you stay out of real estate. I own the five boroughs of New York. You go into life insurance, like I told you earlier. And I did a thousand talks a year for the first three years. So and made a lot of money. And everyone said, yeah, that in a book. And the first book I did was stand up, speak out and win a little self-published book, sold 20,000 copies to little audience of 10 to 50 people at a time, made $200,000. I thought I died and gone to heaven. I was so happy because everybody right now has got to pivot. And that's what asking questions and why Crystal and I wrote this book, ask the bridge from your dreams, your destiny, because we've been in this confinement cocoon 
And the only way to break through and get out of distress and despondency and disconsolence and depression is by asking the right questions so you get the right results and have the right future for yourself. Very cool. Well, people could use some guidance right now, absolutely. And uh, Ask, which is the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, was available on Amazon, but it sold out. <laughs> but you can find it at Barnes & Noble, and it's an audiobook, and there's going to be more on Amazon uh, coming up very soon, I'm sure. Uh, Mark and Crystal. Actually, actually, our publisher did get the books. It's back on Amazon. It's back! Yeah, right. yeah, we asked. This just it. We asked, we received. I love it. Well, Mark and Crystal, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. It's wonderful to talk to you, and uh, you know, keep helping people. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Thank Steve you. Preston, Nick Casey, and everybody helping. Thank Excellent. You. Thank you. All right, let's yeah. hear from Mark and Crystal. Chicken Soup for the Soul authors. Now, Mark and uh, Crystal have asked the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. Cool, man. Nice. And I tell you what, I, I tried to, you know, as, as uh, some, I have a, one of my kids is, is very hesitant on asking for help. Yeah. And, and I've, I'm trying to impart that a lot of times when you ask for help, people not only People not only will, they want to. They want to share what they know with you. Yes. It makes them feel good. It makes people feel good helping someone else that their their bit of knowledge <laughs> that they can pass along to you is going to help you. Yeah. And therefore it's it's not something you should ever be embarrassed about. No. Asking not at all. We experience it all the time here at work, you know, and, and people ask us for help. We ask others for help. And, and more often than not, people say yes. They want to help. Yeah. How do I get this horse out of the studio? <laughs> Prime example. Yeah. There's soup all over the floor. How are you going to clean that Who up? did this? Like, if he would have just simply asked, whose bowl is this? Right. <laughs> yes. We wouldn't have had the issue that we had with Chuck's bowl being thrown away. It's talk like Bill Weston did. It is talk like Bill Do you think he would balk at the title of the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He wouldn't like that at all. It's only in print. I can can deal with that. (laughs) It's soup, and not everyone likes chicken. But anyway. (laughs) Them's fighting words. Uh, (laughs) Hang on a second. What? What? I want to go to Mark, who's on the phone. Hey, Mark, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Why are you doing so well? I won five hundred dollars. Oh, sweet mother of God! Mark is uh, our winner of the money clip and has got five hundred dollars. Where are you calling from, Mark? Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. Coopersburg. Oh. All right, and there's a little note here that says that Marissa bumped into you on St. John Island. Is that uh, true? Two years ago, yeah, when she had food poisoning. Oh, what? You had food poisoning on St. John? Okay. And, and how did you encounter her, Mark? Were, were you working at the hospital or what? No, I was uh, with a, a group of my friends, and I saw a group of people from the Philadelphia area that had various, various T-shirts on. I asked where they were from, and uh, they were all from the Philadelphia area. They said they were down for a wedding. Wow, and you were like, and who's that chick Marissa pooping behind the bush? The <laughs> yeah. Later, and uh, she was uh, not there with that group because she had food poisoning. Wow. Okay, oh, yeah. Well, it's an interesting story, but the better part of this is that you now have uh, an extra 500 bucks in your pocket, Mark. We thank you for listening to MMR and playing along with Money Clips. So enjoy, my man, all right? All right. Have a great day, guys. Excellent. That's Here for awesome. Mark, our winner. Another one. Who's the girl crapping in the steel drums? <laughs> and we are 26 <laughs> minutes away from your next opportunity to win $500 with uh, the MMR Money Clip. Uh, so, question, Casey, do we continue for a moment? Do we have a couple of minutes? A couple of minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple. Yeah, a couple. Then I think we better clean up the junk drawer. Oh! 
It just keeps getting better. Are you ready, Steve? Wait, I was waiting for Steve. Yes, good to go. Here we go. Let me dig around in here. All right. I, I hate to start with a downer, but this is a weird oh. twist to it. Um, the gunman who killed eight people at the FedEx facility in Indianapolis. Yeah, this is weird. He was a brony. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's into My Little Pony. Like full yeah. brony mode. Yeah, he was into that. Uh, and he his name was uh, Brandon Hole, 19 years old, and apparently... Uh, let's see. That's what they focused on? Well, that's one no, of the things. There's aspect a lot. Of there, it. there are a lot of things. Like, uh, he, number one, his, um, uh, he'd never had a competency hearing after police seized his gun over suicide concerns last year under the red flag gun law record show. So there's some other stories, but the really weird part about it was they, they found his final Facebook post and it offered a little insight into what drove him into the shooting. He wrote, I hope that I can be with Applejack in the afterlife. Oh, oh see, I my, li- okay. my life has no meaning without her. Uh, he wrote on Facebook less than an hour before the massacre, and Applejack is the main character of that kid show, My Little Pony. Why do you think it is that this um, that that particular these toys and this animation? Appeals to well, here, dudes in this way. Yeah, here's a little bit of information. It says, known as bronies, a mashup of bro and ponies, the subculture of adult men obsessed with the kid show has displayed elements of far-right and white nationalist extremism, the memo said. This is a memo from Facebook. They they did some investigation into this. Um, and added that Hull's posting showed no clear indication that those were motivations in the shooting in particular. But brony subculture first emerged soon after the show's 2010 debut and in the early days had links to the military, with many active-duty service members professing their love for the sweet children's cartoon. I never I don't heard know that. why. Yeah. The first BronyCon gathering in 2011 attracted just 100 adult fans, but swelled to the size of more than 10,000 before organizers held the last event in 2019, and they cited dwindling interest by them. I saw a documentary on them, and it just seems sort of like a... Um... I always thought of them as more like a, like a, you know, like any convention, like any. It it goes on to say. Like a smattering of all different types. The subculture mostly consists of innocent fans. Okay. Who just like the wholesome things and the thing. Because they seem so benign, these little horses. But for some reason, it's also known to attract, and it says here, pedophiles and white supremacists who spread hateful messages through fan art of the cartoon ponies with racist themes. So. I think that they that those people have taken that and just to twist it, you know what I mean? Just to yeah. be just to be weird about it. I, cute, I, I think they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, cute little ponies. Um so uh yeah, I, I thought I'm that becoming was a brony. A really weird little twist to that mm. whole story. So we have the bronies, we have the, the the furries. And the plushies. And the plushies. So the furries dress or is it the plushies that dress furries as dress. stuffed animals? Furries dress. Yeah, plus he's like animals. the plush. Right. They like and will have it. sex with um, stuffed animals. Right, exactly. Yeah. But there's all kinds of weird little fun subculture. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, fanaticism that you'll find about strange little things. And, and they, you know. Like succulents. <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. <laughs> Next time we talk with uh, sex doc Jill when we had her on last week, I want to ask about fetish stuff because to me it's that's a foreign concept, having sex with a stuffed animal. Right. But right. I'm, I'm curious. Awesome. Well, I'm really curious as to what the psychology is that gets somebody to that point. All right. Let's go to something more wholesome. <laughs> yes, like uh, having sex with troll dolls. No, no. We're going to talk to about Mr. Rogers. Uh. His act, the actual home that once belonged to the beloved television host is up for sale. Five-bedroom, three-bathroom, Squirrel Hill home on Pittsburgh's East End. It's listed at $850,000 through Caldwell Banker. Uh, the listing agent, Linda Cochran, said there were multiple offers which she attributed to the hot market and desirable location, but not necessarily the unique history oh, really? of the 3,700-square-foot home. I, th- I thought that would figure fairly prominently into its attraction. Uh, Corcoran said that an offer has been accepted, but the deal isn't uh, final pending contingencies that have to be met. If you think about a house that would exude goodwill. Yes, Right. Along with uh, photos of the charming and functional house, uh, Corcoran included in the listing a clipping uh, given to her by the seller that proved what the woman had long been told that Fred Rogers and his wife, Joanne, were previous owners. Oh, my God. We're looking at pictures of the house. It's it's very sweet. And in the basement, they have it. It's it looks like a very uh, brightly decorated torture wheel. Oh, okay. Uh, The proof is uh, from a birth announcement uh, in a 1961 Rollins College alumni magazine announcing the birth of their second son, John Frederick, and their home address. So uh, Corcoran said that longtime residents living in some nearby townhouses remember Fred Rogers and said uh, that he used to put on puppet shows for the neighborhood children. Uh, Rogers was even said to have called the house his favorite. Uh, a neighbor told the seller while recounting a visit from a biographer writing about the miniseries or the I'm sorry, the minister and the TV star's life. So if you wanted Mr. Rogers home, it's just outside of Pittsburgh or, or in Pittsburgh. And uh, it is for sale now. So, uh, so if it is in Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. do they have a standalone toilet in the basement? I would think they would have a Pittsburgh yeah. toilet. And right? I would imagine Probably some sort of Pittsburgh. delightful poop knife. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one that's got little yeah. eyes on yeah, it or yeah, something, yeah. Make a little mm. character, Mr. Poop. <laughs> Lady Elaine. Yeah. I'm going to cut that turn. Uh, let's see. All right, this is kind of weird. A British technology company has developed a way to put customized product placement into films and TV shows, including classic ones that came out decades ago. Oh, the company called Myriad <laughs> uses on. artificial intelligence to analyze films and TV episodes for space where objects or signage can be subtly put in, made to look like re- make as real, look as real as possible. Yeah, they uh, they put a, an ad for snackables in Schindler's List. Uh, but <laughs> film critic Ann Bilson. Raised both legal and artistic concerns, telling the BBC, I would be interested in finding out about the legal angle vis-a-vis digital reworking of a copyrighted work. It also calls into question the role of the production designer, who has put a lot of thought into the look of something, only for some random advertiser to come along and, at a later date and spoil it with changes. When Oscar Schindler is trying to sort of uh, <laughs> curry favor with the elite in the 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 Nazi hierarchy, he sends he sends over a huge tray of snackables, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's amazing, like a little bolognese and crackers <laughs> in a little container, self-contained lunchables, lunchables, lunchables. Oh. Oh, it's got a Nestle's Crunch it's in it. It's everything. It's like a little dessert. <laughs> it's got a contained in a little uh, self-contained. Hey, if it led to him yeah. saving all of those workers. German yeah. efficiency. Then it would be worth it. I, I'm I not, need children with small hands who can make snackables. Yeah, I'm not like uh, 
you know, 100% opposed to this. However, there are, like, uh, like in sports, you're seeing more and more um, uh, logos on jerseys and stuff like that. And I'm not down does with that, that. Does that... So in so- Does that sell it for you? Well, it happens in soccer quite a bit. Like, yes. you know, look at... Um, but at least, like... The, the union, the union? Bimbo. right? Yeah. Bimbo, but it's not Bimbo anymore. It's like Artisano, and and at least it doesn't look as logoy. Artisano is part of Bimbo, though. Yeah, right. It is, it yeah. is, but uh, but it doesn't say Bimbo anymore. The Flyers ended up doing it on their helmets this year. Also, the the division became the Mass Mutual East Division or right. whatever. And and part of the reason why right. the NHL had to do it okay. was that they didn't have any ticket sales this year, so they yeah. needed to find a revenue oh. generator. And but Casey, yeah, I'm I'm distracted by it well, too. But, you know what's going to happen. They're going to find out that they can always make money exactly. by doing that. And they'll keep doing it. Do. Oh, stay. no. Once they, once they don't need it anymore. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But it like so in the English Premier League in, in uh, football over there, like I, I like Manchester United, so I wanted to buy a jersey. But the only jerseys I can find have a giant Chevrolet symbol on the front of it. And I'm like, I don't want to wear a Chevy shirt. You know what I mean? I want to wear a Man- and Manchester United shirt. And, uh, and then I just bought a jersey for... Uh, Washington uh, Mystics, uh, yeah. the uh, WNBA team. I bought a, a Deladon jersey, and I couldn't find one that didn't have a giant logo on the front of it. I just right. wanted a Washington Mystics jersey, and that's just... part of the merch- merchandising agreement, though. Yeah, is that they get their logos on on the stuff that they sell to fans too. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's ingenious as a revenue generator. It's just kind of annoying on top of it. And Casey, that means you're probably going to have to get like some bootleg stuff, which you don't probably want to do because well, it's not going to be as good a quality. W- yeah, I, I bought it. The I, team uh, misspelled name. Yeah, I bought and. And then there was another one, yeah. So the one I have says Geico and AT and T on it, which is yeah, whatever. Can you buy an old school one? Can you buy like a used one? So they they have a new design with the turn of the century insurance company. Uh, so the Mystics and listen, if Philadelphia had a team, I would wear that one. But I wear the uh, Della Don jersey because she's from our area. But uh, they have a new jersey that's available that is just like the team logo only. But you can only buy it at their store in D.C. Well, it's funny. If you were to look at our archival pictures of, like, the earliest days of baseball, there was never, like, on the back, uh, you know, Sherman's mustache wax. <laughs> yes. Well, they hadn't figured it out yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually figured it out. All right. Well, anyway, um, yeah, they might be popping in ad placements into classic movies. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that oh, I, I, like, I, like like Citizen Kane we talked about yeah. it Rosebud yeah. Rosebuds a, a, a pot to still uh, yeah. yeah it's a stra- it's a strain yeah. of weed Rosebuds Rosebud <laughs> all right let me get to something else we don't have much time so right, <laughs> no Western Day uh, that's right Al that hurt um, <laughs> I had to put some emotion yeah, in that's right. Al that hurt a lot I'm acting. Um, so it's still spring, but the official motto for summer of this year yeah. has been unveiled. I don't know who officially does this or not, but let me let me reminisce for a moment, because 2019, it was officially Hot Girl Summer. I do remember hearing that. That was the official yep. summer slogan, Hot, Hot Girl Summer. Hot Girl Summer. Now, 2020 didn't really Can have a, a slogan, because it was all pandemic. But we know funny. We know funny. We know not. Uh-huh. Good morning, Cleveland. <laughs> Uh, but in 2021, <laughs> the summer slogan is "vaxed and waxed." Yeah, I said, I said that last week. <laughs> yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, yeah, he did. And it's it, yeah, I see that all over the place. What's the waxed part? Yeah, of but it? like you you're your ready for sex. Waxed. Yeah, you, a bikini line has been waxed, and uh, you're vaxed, and you're ready to rock. You maybe you've been single, or you're just looking to get out and have some fun, and. Um, you know, single and ready to mingle, vaxxed and waxed. Does the summer thing only have to do with, with women, I guess? Because you had hot girl summer, now vaxxed and waxed. I mean, guys I wax my balls. 
You don't wax yeah. your balls. No, sure no. you do. I do. Okay. <laughs> I wax Nick's balls. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wax my balls. I wish I waxed my balls. You no, guys, you don't. Everybody else is waxing Believe their balls. Me, you do not. Oh, wish you Casey had it happen. It was excruciating. Of yeah. all the things and stunts we had you do, that Brazilian was one that you really. Oh, I bled. That was uh, not good. Oh. But the bottle yeah. wasn't that bad, though. I wouldn't like that. I don't even like shaving down there. I mean, I do it, but um, but the, the 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 art of it is a pain. Mm. Tell me, do your balls bleed? <laughs> they will. <laughs> yes, Batman. Listen. <laughs> what did you? <laughs> Why not? Right? Again, please. Tell me, do your balls bleed? They will. You typically think of laser hair removal for women, but guys can get it down there, too. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you think it happens often? Oh, you mean oh, yeah. permanent? Yeah, yeah. No, do I don't want to forever lose my, yeah, they lose can, my bush. Are you kidding me? A lot of them um, get it done for uh, ingrown hairs, like guys uh, that have problems oh, okay. with ingrown I can hairs. See that. Yeah. They do the laser, and that eliminates all of it. I don't want to remove it forever. There may be a day where I want a big old hairy yeah. sack. Something, yeah. Well you, know? you, well, you want to do a little topiary. Yeah. Uh, um, isn't Look, it looks the, like a lion. Isn't the skin <laughs> too thin on your on your testicle? You scrotum to yeah. have that done? Yeah. No. The, no. Wow. the laser? No. You can it's do that on pretty your... sensitive. No, yeah. No, you can do it. One of the worst was when I was trimming down there, and and I nicked. Oh, oh boy. And, and and the 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 blood it, it, to stem that flow takes yeah. forever. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I can't imagine though with the laser removal, it might be like kind of getting a sunburn. Which, imagine yes. how much oh, fun God. that would be. Well, oh. What? Sorry. No, I'm just looking. Because I, I said it so Tell confidently, me, but really. You had your anus bleached? <laughs> really, you I don't know. Will. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what? And that is how he distracts Superman. Superman, just enough. throws him off. His game is completely gone. He's waiting. Wait, wait, wait. I'm what? sorry. And then he throws a, uh, th- <laughs> Some, throws uh, a Krypton bomb <laughs> at him. <laughs> the kryptonite bomb. Fooled you. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm just, what did you say? Wait. Tell me, have you ever had your anus bleached? What? What? Oh, poor Superman. <laughs> uh, what are you finding out there, Kath? Well, no, I'm just thinking. So I, I oh. did the laser hair removal and... Um, no, you do, you can get something that feels like a sunburn. I did not. I didn't get any of that. So what would you? What did you just have? You had a, a, a like a, a, a freckles on your chest or something that that, oh, that was basically like a, like a third degree burn. So that was different than the laser <laughs> hair removal. Okay. Yes, I had something called Fraxel done, and it helps with um, like sunspots and freckles. And Isn't stuff he the like- mayor of uh, Fraggle Rock? Yeah, <laughs> that's Boober's uh, brother. Uh, <laughs> Steve, Boober that is a different story. Yes, they tell you you're going to feel like you have a very bad sunburn for about two hours. Well, they which... use a belt sander God. on your chest? No, or... it's a laser. And <sighs> yes, absolutely. I felt like I was, a sunburn was an understatement. I felt like I was on fire. Um, but oh. she, but the woman was right. She goes, at the two-hour mark, yeah. she goes, you're not going to believe it. You're going to feel like you're completely sunburned. She said, at two hours, it will completely go away. And, and you sh- had that. Sure enough, away. I was sitting there. Two hours. I was like watching the clock. Yeah. Two hour mark. I was like, oh, I feel fine now. All okay. right. All right. Okay. Wow. Uh, well, interesting. Vaxed and wax. There you go. That's your summer, gang. That's apparently the official phrase of the summer. One more. Yeah, you got, you got a little time here, bro. Okay. I got a little time. I didn't know that. Um, okay. Then I'll go with this one. Uh, put the toilet seat down before you flush it. 
Yes, of course. I've been doing that for years. Uh, wait, why? Florida Atlantic University researchers found that tens of thousands of particles are spewed into the yeah. air by a toilet flush. We've heard about and, and just oh. having the toilet seat down will reduce You're that. About the toilet lid, with not. The oh, seat. okay. The yeah, lid, I'm sorry. Yeah. The yes, lid. The lid. Okay. So, Preston, in public bathrooms, I hold my breath and run out of the stall as it's oh flushing. Oh my God, you. <laughs> Like as quick as I can, I quick hit it with my foot, and then I, the door's already unlocked and open and ready to go. Run! There's <laughs> toilet water in there. Run! It's like a hand grenade, dude. It is totally. There's like... bubbling toilet water. Run! And sometimes if I get stuck, I'm like, oh man, come on, let me out. I mean, hold like your breath. Yes, I hold my breath. The anxiety you're causing yourself <laughs> has still got to far oh outweigh the any possible anxiety. health benefits. I've been from... doing this for. Ye- I've been holding my breath, leaving the bathroom f- stall for years. You are a Do you remember creature. what initially? Into the toilet now. I'm in the toilet now. <laughs> Do you know what initially made Started you do that? that? Uh, my sister-in-law, she said to me, we talked about the particles spraying out everywhere. You're hanging right. out with the wrong people. She <laughs> said she would take her, because she has three little ones, so she's like, if I was at, and they're, you know, all pretty close in age, so she's like, if I was at the store or something, Jesus. I'd send them all out and be like, everybody get out, flush the toilet, and she I, said I would hold my breath and leave, and I just started doing it, too. In Kathy's defense, it says particles are spewed in the air by a toilet flush, and they can rise several feet above the ground to mouth level. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, now you leave the in- you hold your breath until you get out of the entire bathroom, or no, just no, out until she leaves the building. Like, out of the okay. stall until yeah. I'm like a- away from the toilet and washing my hands or yeah. whatever. We need to block the door and watch Kathy <laughs> no. turn blue. <laughs> <around there. laughs> no, I do hold my breath when I use a porta pot, though, because oh, it's horrible smelling. God, I piss my pants and see yeah. it going in there. Oh. <laughs> I hold my breath when I put on uh, sun uh, spray on sunscreen on my face. I do that. I hold my breath, then I walk away a few feet. Right, that's how you do it. And then I will breathe. When I you hold... put on perfume, do you spray and walk through it? Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, cologne, you put on perfume. Yeah. <laughs> cologne, but uh, I actually put on perfume today. I don't care. I know you do. Yeah, um, I had this Tom Ford stuff that right. I bought for my wife that she didn't like. Right. So that, you wear uh, it? Yeah. I wear it. Yeah, it's ombre leather, which. Uh, <laughs> I put on not well. I like the smell so much that I that I decided to wear it, and I was like, I don't care that it's perfume. And as it turns out, it is uh, uh, unisex. Yes. Okay. You and I sex. Yeah. Um, And but I didn't do that knowing that it was unisex. I did that thinking that it was perfume. I got you. You just wanted a perfume that you and your wife could wear together. (laughs) I like wearing panties. You know. That's it, man. Uh, the the droplets were found to float around five feet in the air for more than twenty seconds, meaning we're at risk of breathing them in. Yeah, the experts say the droplets can act as vectors for disease, including SARS, uh, the virus that causes COVID nineteen, uh, which has been it's it's SARS CoV two is what it's called. So here's a quick question, and obviously we don't have toilet lids in our bathrooms. Right. I know, I know. We just simply have toilet seats. Yeah. So you're <laughs> here's now. What I do is I do the thing that I recommend everybody do. You know, with COVID, and thankfully we're moving in the right direction with all that stuff. But, I mean, if you also keep your nasal passages, if you do the nose irrigation, the nasal irrigation, like with Neomed a couple times a day, um, that is uh, that that works very well as well. Mm. With keep, it, that's the point of access for you COVID. Know, Most nine times out of ten, they say it's, it's through your nasal passage. Right. The toilets here uh, have the automatic flush, and every now and then, 
it will flush while you're still sitting on it. It mm-hmm. does, yeah. I hate that. Man. Yeah, I know. It surprises yeah. the hell Do you ever sit there long was... enough that the lights go out in the bathroom? Yes. Yeah. Casey wants to see his poop. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's not that. I just don't, well, it is that a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the, I can feel the water splash up on my hiney, and I don't <laughs> like that, yeah. Oh, I feel the air uh, come in because as the water goes down, it has to bring yeah. air in. Right. It does kind of air out yeah. your, your your area it does. a little bit. It's beautiful. Not too bad. Your freshly right. shorn testicles. So oh. keep that in mind. <laughs> Wait, uh, can I, speaking of testicles. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the owner of the uh, med spa that I go to, uh, Refresh in Newtown, just texted me. He said, yes, we can absolutely laser your balls. Really? <laughs> yes. I'm interested. Okay. I bet no, they love doing not. that too. Oh God, no, we got not. another ball treatment today. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really Who's getting this? Tell me, balls, please. No, listen. They will. <laughs> They're so professional, though. Like, and that was one of the things that I noticed when I was getting it done. I'm like, this woman is constantly talking about something else to keep my mind off of it. You oh. know Tell what I mean? Like the fact you that you ever see corn in your poop? <laughs> you will. So you have to actually be like distracted. I no, mean, when they've got a laser oh, in your, right. between it's, your legs, It yeah. would be a good thing to do. Any Anytime, you know, some doctors are good at that, distracting you if there's oh, yeah, yeah, stitches yeah, yeah. or something along those lines, something I, that might be a, shot a laser you that you don't want to focus on. The anesthesiologist, when I had an endoscopy years ago, she did the same thing. I remember the last thing I heard her say was, oh, my gosh, I really like your shoes. Where are they from? Yeah. And I was out. <laughs> yeah. Question. Somebody in legit says, does Kathy hold her breath at home when she uses her toilet? Uh, no, but I do put the seat down. Okay. okay. I don't need flush. to hold. Yeah, I don't need to yeah. hold my breath because yeah, because the, there's a lid. The lid is down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's all we have time for in the junk drawer right. uh, for now. So thank you Sorry. for Sorry. allowing me to clean things out. Yep. Um, we'll take a break because the guests that we have coming up in just a moment survived an avalanche on uh, on uh, Mount Everest. Yes. And has written a book about it, and that's got to be an unbelievable story. So Pretty wild. We'll get to him as well as uh, another money clip and a bizarre file and all that stuff. So a big, chunky break coming up when we return. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Liz DeLees. Your local shots artist of the month for April. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for a Preston and Steve money clip. I had three testicles. Now, here's your money clip keyword. Thank you, Gary. All right, we have uh, the keyword, and it is radio. Ah, oh, radio. Pretty easy to remember. R-A-D-I-O, radio, and you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. There are three ways to do it. Uh, you can text the special contest short code to 45911, or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, you can enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com, and one random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person will get a call from the company Beasley, so make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com, and it is sponsored by Hyundai City. The word again is radio, R-A-D-I-O. Make sure that you get on it right now. We're going to get to the bizarre file in a moment, but we do have a guest standing by, and we have something in common. 
I stubbed my toe yet last night. It was excruciatingly painful. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was uh, caught in an avalanche on Mount Everest. Both traumatic events. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, yeah. This guy's story, this is unbelievable. It's called, the, the subtitle of the book, Then it's called The Next Everest, Surviving the Mountain's Deadliest Day and Finding the Resilience to Climb Again. It's available now. It's an incredible story. Please welcome Jim Davidson, Jim Davidson. to the show. Jim, good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. Hey, it, it is. Uh, it's unbelievable this uh, this story, and it uh, it all starts in 2015 when this six seven point eight magnitude earthquake uh, released avalanches. You were on you were on Everest. How how uh, had you been on it? Was this your first time on the King of All Mountains, uh, Everest? Yes, it was my first trip to Everest. I'd been climbing in Nepal three other times earlier, so I knew the area. Wow. This was my first time going up the big one. Oh, my goodness. And where were you when the earthquake hit and the avalanches, if you can put it into layman's terms, because, you know, the only thing I know is base camp and summit, so right, right. I don't know anything else. Where were you when this took place? Sure, happy to fill in the blanks. Um, we had left base camp at 17,000 feet had just gotten to Camp 1, the first of four camps, at about 20,000 feet. We were resting in our tents, and at 11.56 a.m., Nepal time, we heard this huge rumble coming off a peak right next to us, and it was a 4,000-foot-tall avalanche coming down at us. Then a second avalanche started on the other slope next to us that came down 6,000 vertical feet. Something really wrong's going on, and a few seconds later, the glacier we were camped on it, it lifted the tent into the air about eight inches, and then dropped us, and then lifted us again. And being in the tent was like being on a on a life raft on the ocean as the waves went underneath. And that's when I knew it was a massive earthquake. Wow! So, so an earthquake obviously is is an anomaly for that to happen. Is, is are avalanches a common occurrence on Everest? And were you prepared for something like that? Great question, yes. We have avalanches literally every day, somewhere nearby us, not where we're standing, but within a few miles. You hear them all the time. Okay. Well, the first avalanche noise didn't scare us, and one of the things we do is we wear avalanche beacons that transmit an electronic signal. So if person A gets buried, person B can find them with the electronic signal and hopefully dig them out in time. So we had uh, some preparation for the avalanches, but the earthquake... No, I mean, earthquakes do happen, but nobody can predict when. So the earthquakes happen. You have these two mountains adjacent to you that are shaking, and the avalanches are propelling down them. You said to 4,000 and 6,000 feet. And, but, but miraculously, they bypass you and wreak havoc at base camp, correct? Almost, yeah. They did bypass us. They kind of ran out of speed, and they stopped a couple hundred yards before they reached us. Base camp got hit by an avalanche, like you say, but it was a different and worse avalanche. We only had powder, snow, and wind that hit us down in base camp because they were camps below a different mountain. Their avalanche was full of rocks, lots and lots of rocks. And those rocks came through base camp like cannon fire, anywhere from the size of your fist up to the size of a microwave with rocks flying through the air. And sadly, it injured 70 people and killed 18 people, making it the deadliest day ever on Mount Everest. So, so down mm. in Nepal itself, like 9,000 people died because of all this activity, correct? Correct. It was a disaster all across the country from Nepal and neighboring countries, for that matter, too. Somewhere around 50,000 schoolrooms completely caved in, or, or mostly caved in, but fortunately, 
It was a Saturday morning, and the kids weren't in school. Otherwise, it could have been even worse. So you describe that you're, you know, okay, so you, you, you say, okay, oh, my God, okay, I've survived this, and then there's sort of like a, um, a ripple effect out. Okay, well, what about the people over here? And then pass them to the people over here, and, and, and it starts to, you, you've got to be consumed with a number of different things. Oh, my God, I can't believe I survived. You're trying to process, process that while you're looking around saying, oh, my God, look at the carnage. Yes, you described well. It's kind of like a, a, a slowly increasing awareness as your awareness and your concern for your fellow humans kind of ripples out. Once you realize you're okay, I turned to my partner, Bart, and made sure he was okay. And as I described in the book, The Next Everest, we were pinned down at Camp One, but we couldn't get back down the mountain. So we sort of took care of each other at Camp One. Two days later, we were able to fly on some rescue helicopters down to base camp. And within the, you know, minutes of landing down there, we realized we need to try and help out in base camp. And so as we descend over the course of the next week or so, then we started helping out in the villages. So you're right. You begin to realize how much worse it is and how many people need your help. And that's what I found is during a bad situation, whether it's an earthquake or this pandemic, the best thing you can do is try to do it yourself and reach out to help those who need more help. Right. You lift them up. And that actually helps lift you up. And that's how we support each other to get through these tough situations. Yeah, it's a good message. Uh, Jim, uh, compared to you, I, I've not done much mountain climbing, but I've done a little bit here and there. But other than the because, because it's their answer, what is the appeal of making it to the summit of Everest? Yeah, we would think that reaching the summit's the big goal. And frankly, reaching the summit's just the cherry on top of the Sunday. The real thing is to seek something that fires your passion. And some people find it in music or meditation or marathons. For me, it's mountains. But go after your passion and set a goal big enough that it makes you nervous. And then grow yourself into someone who can reach that goal. Because that's how you become a better version of you, and hopefully a better person, a better community member. That's the real secret of taking on these challenges. Whether I actually stand on top or whether you play Carnegie Hall as a musician, that's not important. What's important is you try and improve yourself and lift others up along the way. So, uh, okay, so you go through all this. Uh, you're, you're sort of asked around that time, are, are, you know, you, or you make the declaration, this is, I'm done, I'm not coming back. And then you decide a way sort of to honor those who, who, who passed during this and, and to, to stay true to who you are. You go back and you eventually summit. Yes. All right. It was not an easy decision, but I did go back. So let me ask you something. There's a multitude of questions. I'm, I'm just fascinated by Everest and fascinated by what it is and what it has become. And we, as of late, um, Jim, have seen pictures of people basically, it looks like Macy's at Christmas waiting to get to the summit. I mean, the, a line of people. Does that sully the experience? Or as you were saying before, it's that's not what you're there for it's the it's the every it's the everything but does that in a way still does that diminish the experience of the Everest summit when you see that kind of basically people you know waiting in line in a movie yeah i i saw that picture too a lot of us did and it is an unattractive picture for sure but we need to understand is that picture was the most crowded section on one of the most crowded days of the crowded years it's kind of like going to the beach if if we all go to the beach on the same day there's going to be a heck of a line of traffic it doesn't make the beach miserable, and it doesn't mean it's like that every day. But on that one day, there was a heck of a line of traffic because we all went at the same time. Right. That's what you see in that picture. Okay. Um, no, most of the time on Everest, there's plenty of room, and you try and work with your neighbors, and they go at this time, and you go at that time. And we spread out, just like when we go to the beach. I, I move over and give you guys a little bit of room. <laughs> okay. So well, not, yeah, if I see you when I'm scaling going. Everest, I'll get out of your way. Uh, <laughs> I promise. That. I'll jump on your back because <laughs> you're pretty good at what you do. Yeah. 
Uh, well, listen, yeah, it's, so it, it is a little crowded, but we try and give each other room, and we're trying to manage it a little bit better as the years go on. Uh, well, this this story is unbelievably compelling, and like Steve was saying, we're just we're fascinated yeah. and want to know more and more about it because, to, to be honest, it's something that we will never experience right. ourselves. We just don't have the physical capabilities to do that type of thing. So it's great to see and hear stories such as yourself. So uh, the next Everest is available. Jim, I wish we had more time, but we know you got to move along, so maybe we'll talk to you sometime down the road. Thanks for coming on. You bet. It was fun. Take care. All right. Jim Davidson, guys. Yay. Hell of a story. Yeah, they had to, they were there for a couple of days, stuck at that camp, and then they had to they had to fly them out of there. And you never know how the weather's going to be there. They could have been there for weeks if they, you know, if, if Mother Nature deemed it that way. I wanted to ask about it because you, you think, okay, well, I'm going to go on this, I'm going to fly, and then in about two weeks we're going to get it done. You got You have to go months. You have to acclimate. You have to climatize. It's, it's, it's a process. It can run thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But there was something that I saw him talking about. He talked about the money at, at cost and the physical cost. So he climbs up, he comes back down, and he's lost 22 pounds. And he says, oh, my God, I, I, I lost 22 pounds on this? He goes and does you know, a, a body chemistry check with his doctor. He didn't lose fat. He lost muscle. Wow. Uh, and so what happened was is that his body fat index did. after that incredible physical feat increased. So it's just the way it's the way right. because the, the higher you ascend, the faster technically you're dying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As you go up, your body is is dying. And it's an interesting analogy that where he brought up, you know, going to the beach and, and it, you're not going to die sitting in traffic on the AC expressway, you know, but you could die waiting in traffic atop of Everest. And, yes. and that line it, it, you know, more people die coming down than going up. Because, By far. Because they, they push themselves and they, they get within a few hundred yards of it and they think, I can do it. But mm-hmm. what but they don't realize or what they fight through is that they then have to come down afterwards. I I just uh, I noticed this while <clears throat> talking about this story that it would never be a good idea to go mountain climbing with Bill Weston because <laughs> okay. his speaking voice alone might cause an avalanche, avalanche yeah. while you're there as he's out on the mountain. Especially if he decided to yodel or something. Everyone like wait your and then, and next thing you the know, the hills are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> Here comes an avalanche. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> I love it. All right, we need to do the bizarre file. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. Let's handle a couple of stories here for you folks. We're going to begin with a couple of cat stories. Yeah! Firefighter said a large African cat bit a firefighter helping to extinguish a blaze Sunday at a home. Officials said a fire broke out at the back of a single-story home on Sunday and then spread to the home's attic. The homeowner was trying to douse the flames as firefighters arrived. Uh, They got to the fire under control within 25 minutes, but at least one encounter with a serval which is a savanna wildcat native to sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, He's a cat. Yeah, and he got bit by the cat and <laughs> suffered a minor injury uh, with a bite to the fingers. I've seen these things. They have these. Look, look at the neck on these things, yeah. Preston. They're, they're they're very regal looking, but yeah. it's um it, it's a weird neck. Officials, yeah, it's a long one. Officials uh, estimated the cat weighing uh, sixty to seventy pounds. <laughs> Uh, they typically only weigh about 40 pounds in the wild. With the fire out, the firefighters decided to close up the house with the cat inside until the homeowner and animal control officers could contain it. It was later captured safely. <laughs> fire district officials said the uh, that uh, several 
No, that the serval, I'm sorry, was unharmed, just a little bit freaked out. Now, a, um, no, that's the wrong story. Yeah. I had another cat story. Oh, yeah, here we go. Eric and Nicole Woodard said that their five-year-old daughter, Rianne, came inside of their Castle Rock, Colorado home after playing outside and told them she had just seen a giant cat in the yard. He's a cat. Because Rianne was so cl- uh, calm, her parents assumed that she had seen a large house cat, but they checked their security camera footage and found that Rianne was riding her big wheel and came face-to-face with a bobcat. Oh, oh. my God. And they said oh. the child and the big cat stared at each other for 22 seconds Holy before crap. the wild animal turned and left. She stared it she down. She stared it down. She stared oh it down. Uh, the parents added that Rianne didn't seem at all shaken up by the encounter at all, but it could have been bad. And we and we all have seen the video of that one guy getting attacked by the, yeah, yeah, that yeah. bobcat yeah. and throwing it across the, the lawn. Uh, they can be pretty damn ornery. And, and, and a bobcat could take her out. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little yeah. kid oh, like that? Absolutely. What's it going to be? All right, this is uh, this is a, a messed up base of a story, but okay. So, no a, in this one, a juror in a horif- horrific dismemberment death of a Florida woman, Nicole Montalabo, was kicked off a trial on Tuesday morning because they fell asleep. This is a this is a, oh, a murder trial. Trial, oh, and the God. juror passed out. I had popcorn. Prosecutor, I know, oh, right? This is the best trial ever. Are they allowed to have um, like? Snacks? <laughs> I don't well, think maybe so. not snacks, but how about at least water or something? Yes, I think you can have water. Okay. Usually, if you ever see in the jury box, there is a uh, chocolate fondue. Oh, okay. well, good. Yeah. Excuse good. me. Yeah. The chocolate get fondue. My strawberry. <laughs> Prosecutors' <laughs> voice. <laughs> jury box ever. Prosecutors' voice concerned that the juror missed testimony against the defendants, the victims' estranged <laughs> husband Christopher uh, Otero Rivera and his father, uh, Angel Luis Rivera. After that, the judge uh, claimed to see the juror fall asleep Monday afternoon. Uh, I'm sorry, is this butchering boring you? An Mm -hmm. alternate will replace him. Deputies had found the victim's dismembered remains on the Rivera property, and the medical examiner who performed the autopsy testified that some bone fragments seemed likely they had gone through a wood chipper. Oh, man. That doesn't keep you awake when you're in the jury pool? (laughs) Wow. I'd be like, I got to go to the bathroom. Don't say anything. Right. (laughs) Right. Come back to I miss Andy. What I miss? Future pranksters might want to take note. Faking your own kidnapping for laughs is never a good idea. (laughs) Vincent Aguero of College Station, Texas, learned this lesson the hard way after being charged with filing a false police report late last week. The incident occurred when Aguero reportedly tried to pull a prank on his friends as they were leaving a restaurant. So the joke was he had a terrifying message written on their receipt alleging that he was the victim of a kidnapping. After he and his party left, the restaurant staff found Aguero's note, which read, I need help, I got kidnapped, in addition to a phone number. Presumably, the 19-year-old did not imagine his prank would lead to such serious repercussions. However, staff members who found the note immediately called authorities to the scene. Officers collected the names of those involved and the other relevant information, including that group that had left only about 10 minutes prior. So investigators were also able to access surveillance footage of the table, which revealed that everyone appeared fine throughout the meal. Officers were soon able to locate the address of one of the group members who lives in a townhome complex, the same where Aguero also lives. What ensued was a bit of a game of cat and mouse. They went to the address, 
The people there told the officers that Aguero and his friend had just left. Authorities then left, visiting Aguero's home, where others told him that he was at yet another unit in the complex. So they were bopping around place to place. Yeah. At this point, they're getting pretty tired of it. Right. And they tracked him down, and he's been arrested and uh, charged what? with a crime. Routinely, do you get a chance to write a note when you're being kidnapped? Yeah. Hey, guys, getting kidnapped. Hey I guys. got kidnapped. Yeah. Hey, guys, got kidnapped. Won't yeah. be able to uh, finish off the meal tonight. All right, we'll do one more, and we'll end with this. We have audio of this one. A British Columbia Canadian singer broke a Guinness World Record when she managed to sing a C1 note, which is the lowest C note on a standard piano, and captured the title of the lowest vocal note by a female. Yeah. Uh, All right, when did this uh, audio This was uh, about last week. It was two two days ago. Uh, so Joy Chapman said that she had always had a wide vocal range, leading to her often being tapped to sing the male portions of songs. Uh, she said, "Because I could sing so low, I was the resident male, but I could only sing. I could also sing very high." Uh, she said her niece encouraged her to go for the world record after discovering the previous low, lowest note sang by a female was a D two, which is the second lowest D note. On a piano. So you want to hear the audio yes, of this? Yeah, it's pretty this, wild. This is her singing it. Hi, I'm Joy Chapman. I'm 52 years old from Surrey, BC, Canada, and I'm about to attempt the Guinness World Record for the lowest female note. La, 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 la. She sounds like Teen Wolf. Uh, if you guys remember Teen Wolf, where he's growling. Yes. No, no, she doesn't. She sounds like me and my friend Ben. And we got really high one yeah. time, and we were sitting in a car, and we did that for like ten minutes straight. Okay. We <laughs> was just. That sounds fun. Yeah. What about the male? We were really high. Um, really hot. <laughs> you know, the, the, it was Gino Vanelli, president from Canada, who got the lowest male. No, I yeah, did I not know, know that. that. I just want to stop <laughs> and tell you what I feel about you. What were you going to say, Case? Uh, my ex-girlfriend and I, uh, when we were talking on the phone, sometimes when the phone conversation would get you really, know. really dull, we would try to do one vocal fry You've uh, we've done this before. Yeah, yeah, you had brought that up as you know how you go. Uh, you can hear in that it's it's, uh-huh. it's like several little bumpy right. notes and trying to do just one of them. You can't. You can. I've tried it. You can many do times. It. Well, no, I mean it's it would. All right, I'll. You got to get lucky. <laughs> that was that was one. It's two. No, it's I think two. Was, was that two? two? Was that yeah. two? It sounds like two little Tell clicks. Me, can you do single vocal fry notes? You will. You're not even. This uh, is, this a couple. is I heard a couple. I, did you say I'm not trying? No, I, I'm trying so I hard. Said you're not close. I'm trying so hard, Father. <laughs> I'm trying so hard, I'm Kathy. Trying. I will not send you to vocal fry school <laughs> if you don't display a natural inclination. I didn't want to do it because it's not good radio. Yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah, stop doing vocal fry. People don't want to hear that. Uh, Bill could probably do it. No, he doesn't. I don't think he, you think he get in there, register. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Here's it's him doing vocal fry. I'm Buffalo Bill. Oh. Stop. 
I can't even do it at all right now. Yeah. Oh, right. <clears throat> oh, 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 we did it. The dam has been broken. It's fired up. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting in the other room. It's like, really? We're doing low seas, and it's about, we're traveling to the Himalayas, and it's like, we're talking about Delco accents, or was it? And it's like, really? The yes. whole day, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, since you don't listen to the show in the morning, you missed the part where an, an actual listener reminded us that it is... Talk like Bill Weston Day. Talk like Day. Bill Weston Day. Katie uh-huh. Tucci. Yeah. yeah. Katie Tucci. Blame they, Katie. Did they yeah. get that out of Chase's book of annual events or something? <laughs> so no. she got. She said she got an alert uh, and on her email. On and her she, email. And she doesn't know why. So we must have done it at one point. Oh, I hope uh, MMR sends out a VIP email about it. A oh year or two ago. I don't know when. And I guess we did for fun talk like Bill Wessendate. So she wrote here, here's the alert that I got this morning. So happy I let you guys know. I'm still trying to remember what made me put it into my phone, but I'm sure it was something that Steve Morrison said on April 21st. Now, it was not me. It was apparently Kathy who... Oh, don't done, blame me. You <laughs> said you'd done it. Did she not say she'd done an impression of Bill Weston? Me? Yes. I don't know. And that's exactly the story you said. Don't blame me. I, Bill's had it, though. Yeah. I'm going to get blamed anyway. Don't look at what? me. It's had enough. What? And it's and honestly, not me. I understand why you're mad at Kathy. It's Ted Knight. <laughs> it's it's like... It's <laughs> it's a little you. I, it's it's you. <laughs> You've done it. I even explained you. earlier this morning that you don't speak like that all the time. No. It's, but you've called yourself on it. I, sometimes when I first come into a room, I do give a little extra good morning, right? Yeah. And there it was. Yeah. yeah. That was a good morning. Good morning. Good, Nick, mm. I'm not really taking that hat you're wearing. Right? <laughs> it's kind like, of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, is it, yes, you do. Bit. You do it all the time. I don't even think you realize you're doing it. And you especially do it in group settings. Yeah. Individually, it's not that at no, all. No, no. When we're in your no. office nope. having a conversation, yep. that's not you. But when you come into we a room. We don't think you're in the confessional. You know, Forgive me, Father. <laughs> I think it's just your public speaking nature. It I is. think that's what it is. It's I think projecting. it's your public speaking yes. nature. Yeah. yeah, and and you you and it's I spent three weeks since my last confession. Oh I, my god! I I came to your defense earlier this morning. I said you don't talk like that all the time. He so did. Sometimes you speak like. And this he was too. fighting with Kathy about bringing it up. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks. defending me. I you know I read in church right oh, occasionally. Yeah. See, just reading with the saint, the you, letter of you project right. Yes. Yeah. Like whatever, it's an important thing. Whatever. But, Can you give us a little reading right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, just a little. Well, like, from like the your, Corinthians, your, your church reading delivered. from the first uh, letter of Saint Paul to the Corinthians. Yes, it's I a popular one. I'm aware that I shouldn't be the center of attention. It's the words that yes. you're trying to communicate. So it's not about me. It's the word right? of the Lord. It's the... <laughs> Wait, please say that. Just say that. Like you. It's the word of the Lord. I told you what I did a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, and I. Conflicted or conflated God and Lord, and I said the word of Lod, and I was like, Lod. "Oh my God!" I was so embarrassed. Lod, and the people are like, going, "Oh my gosh, is there another one?" Yeah. <laughs> Lod? Lod was Jesus's brother. <laughs> the word of he Lonnie. was not as successful. Oh my God, I was so Lod embarrassed. Christ. He remained a carpenter. <laughs> oh my God, uh, I have one other thing I All want right. to defend myself. Okay. I was, Lod was Lot's slower brother. <laughs> I was never the low-hanging fruit guy. Yes, you were. I was not. You say it. I I I cop to the three-legged stool. I never get past that. <laughs> the barn door. Like oh, when you're trying I... to make you know people listen to you and understand things, you put <laughs> right. it in threes. Right. Yeah. People learn in threes, and so okay, that was my thing. <laughs> right. Right. The barn door. It was, was trying to be humorous or like funny or colloquial one day, sure. and as they talk about the cows ready for vacation. Yeah. Okay, that's mine too. 
It was John Fulham that did John the low-hanging Fulham fruit was low-hanging thing. Fruit? That was not me. So I've did? heard you say the phrase low-hanging fruit yeah. and hold your hand up like this. Yes, like a urologist. Like like a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, and by the way, can we backtrack a little bit to, like, underball and sideball? That was one of your great moments from last week. That was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, we talked about lasering balls today. I I know. I got that, too, and Steve's bloody testicle. It was great. Anyway, I've had enough of this, and I've had enough of your dead night impersonation. Bill's done. I'm done. Santa's got to go. Santa is definitely on the move. All right. Thank you, Bill Weston. Man about town. It's coming to an end. (laughs) Yep, yep. You don't have to. It it can end at at, at the end of our show. Yeah. It doesn't have to end. It's the Talk Like Bill Weston show instead of Talk Like Bill Weston day. I don't know. I think if you run into Bill, whether you work here or not, you should should absolutely say hello in that voice to him. That's right. Kathy, you're going to be in so much trouble so at our meeting later on. Steve, Jesus. <laughs> Kathy, I mean, the way you tore into him, I was, I was pretty shocked. <laughs> you brought it up, yeah. though. You, you were the one who said earlier, you did the impression, and then I suggested the day. So, Mr. Weston, are you doing the full release today? <laughs> full release. All right, we got a break, because we haven't even gotten to the trash and music news yet. So, let's do that. We'll return and get the lesson question along with those two things. And uh, we will we'll, we'll get ready to wrap the door up. <laughs> We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com, and an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We are about to give some more things away. Yeah, we've already given away money today. We have a secret text word to remind you that that is going on. A chance to win a digital download of Vanquish. Text word secret 39333. We're running down to the wire on that. But uh, now we're going to give something else away. For the lesson question, we have a pair of tickets to the Drydeen 400 NASCAR Cup Series race at Dover International Speedway. That's coming up on Sunday, May 16th. So the question we're going to go with this morning is, who's dating Hanks Johnson? (laughs) (laughs) 215-263 WMMR. Let's see if you know this. Who is dating Hanks Johnson? You had to have heard it earlier. You got to say it right. And you got to say it right. And uh, who who do you remember? Okay, who is dating Hanks Johnson? 215-263-WMMR. We'll do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to you by Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast. You can start each morning with a fresh, hot cup of Royal Farms coffee. It's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world and freshly ground just seconds before serving. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Machine Gun Kelly causing a stir by showing up at a Sunset Strip nightclub with a mystery blonde in tow. In a related story, Megan Fox was seen with a reworked tattoo reading, Machine Bun Kirby. (laughs) Hey! 
As reported, Kim Kardashian's divorce isn't even final, but she's already getting hit on by A-list actors, sports stars, and fellow billionaires. Many are apparently asking to slide into her DMs, preferably while she's lying on her stomach. Oh, my God. And finally, Dancing with the Star, Cheryl Burke, has issued an apology to Ian Ziering years after claiming she'd rather slit her wrists then dance with him again. Wow. Oh my God. Burke, who's in recovery and making amends, explained, saying slitting her wrists would kill her too slowly. Oh, shit. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think she's doing that right. No. Yeah. And that's your Hollywood track. All right. Thank you, Steve. Let's see if we can get an answer to the question, who is uh, dating Hanks Johnson? Uh, and we are going to go to the phones and see if Rich knows. Hey, Rich. How you doing? Good. Rich, who's dating uh, Hanks Johnson? Elizabeth. Vagina. Yes. The guy's name was Hanks, and his last name is Johnson. Uh, so, Rich, you got it right, and we are going to give you, sir, a pair of tickets to the Dryden 400 NASCAR Cup Series race, Dover International Speedway, Sunday, May 16th. NASCAR is back at Dover International Speedway, May 14th through the 16th. You can get tickets now at Dover Speedway. Dot com. Let's do the music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! Really? Yeah. And it is brought to you by Armors, uh, Ar- I'm sorry, Armor Metals and Recycling. There we go. You can get cash today. If you need cash fast, bring your scrap and e-cycling to Armor Metals and Recycling. And walk away with cash today. Located in Pensacola, New Jersey or at ArmorMetalsRecycling.com. Uh, we covered this earlier this morning, and it's sad news. Uh, legendary songwriter Jim Steinman, best known for writing Meatloaf's 1977 masterpiece, the 14 times platinum Bad Out of Hell, died on April 19th at age 73 in Connecticut, reportedly of kidney failure. Oh, is kidney failure? Yeah, he had been sick for a while, his brother what, said. What? Any particular disease, or just they just said, yeah, uh, just said he'd been sad. ill. For, his brother said he had been ill for a while, and I don't right. have anything other than that, unfortunately. Uh, so, Steinman, who was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012, will forever be remembered. Uh, the instant uh, for the instant Meatloaf classics, uh, two out of three ain't bad in Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. And meet soul charting chart topper 1993's I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Uh, from the 1993 Steinman pen and produced Bat Out of Hell of Two, back into hell. Uh, Meatloaf paid tribute to his longtime collaborator on social media. He posted photos of the two through the years and writing simply, "Coming here soon, my brother Jimmy, fly Jimmy, fly." In addition to his work with Meatloaf. Steinman wrote such major chart hits as Bonnie Tyler's 1983 number one, Total Eclipse of the Heart, as well as co-writing her 1984 Holding Out for a Hero track from the Footloose soundtrack. And among the rock heavyweights that Steinman enlisted for the Total Eclipse of the Heart backing track were guitarist Rick Derringer and E Street Band pianist Roy Bitten and drummer Max Weinberg, both of whom first worked with Steinman. On 1977's Bad Out of Hell. So they were both on that Bad Out of Hell album. That's I pretty wild. I did not know that. Um, Diamond also co-wrote uh, Air Supply's 1983 Top 2 Smash, Making Love Out of Nothing at All, and Celine Dion's 1996 hit, It's All Coming Back to Me Now, which also peaked at number two. So, so there was a caller earlier who had mentioned this, the movie Streets of Fire, and uh, I know he wrote a few songs that were featured in that. Oh, no kidding. I don't know if he wrote them specifically for Streets of Fire right. or whether they just incorporated them into that. Yeah. 
And uh, he was he was a hell of a talent, man. He was a, and, and a great show person as well because he played. He was in that band, you know, yeah. with, with uh, Meatloaf when they would play live, uh, at least for that first album and then the Back Into Hell uh, album. So sad news. Um, 73 years old, uh, Jim Steinman. Uh, let's see. This year's third annual incarceration, or it's called the Incarceration Music and Tattoo Festival, will feature headliners including Slipknot, Rob Zombie, and Mudbane. The three-day event will take place in Mansfield, Ohio, September 10th, 11th, and 12th, on the grounds of the Ohio State Reformatory, huh. which was made famous by the movie The Shawshank Redemption. I was just watching, um, there, there's a show about uh, abandoned... It's on the Science Channel. We were talking about it, Preston. Abandoned uh, structures. Yes. And the Shawshank prison was featured in that series. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It's it's a... It has such a gothic design to it, yeah. And it's so weird that that it's as far as prisons go, which tend to look a little bit more clinical, yeah. and nondescript. It really is a, an architectural, uh, you know, masterpiece. Uh, also on the lineup are Mastodon, Hailstorm, Chevelle, Kill Switch, Engage, Asking Alexandria, Steel Panther, uh, the Who, meaning the the H U, right, the, uh, Mongolian band. And uh, many more. Do you know that, that and another funny uh, little uh, fun fact about the Shawshank Prison, Preston, they were about to do, I mean, literally bulldozers had been parked in front. They're about to do demolition. And somebody from the movie scouting crew showed up. No oh. kidding. Yeah. And and, and because, and now it, it, it stays, it. yeah. Well, Weezer revealed the track list for the upcoming album called Van Weezer on social media yesterday. They also shared the track called I Need Some of That. And it will be released uh, at some point today. Uh, the Van Weezer album will be released on May 7th. And it was originally due out on May uh, in May of last year, uh, but was pushed back due to the pandemic. Instead, Weezer surprised fans with the release of the uh, an album called OK Human in January. They're giving away a Roomba, a Weezer Roomba. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it's cool. on their official Twitter account, and uh, there's a link up on PrestonSteve.com. But it's called a, a Warumba. Warumba. I, I love Roombas, but the problem is if you have cats that vomit, it, it's it's yeah. a deal killer. Wouldn't the uh, W be silent, silent though? Uh, so it'd still be called a Roomba, like wrist? And... I, I suppose yeah. you're right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh, Pooh Fighters. <laughs> well, one more I thing. literally took a deep inhale. I know, it's... but you were inhaling as I was exhaling. It's just uh, my mine was louder. All right. <laughs> Foo Fighters released an essay. <laughs> you got to do there. Foo Fighters. December 7th, 1941. <laughs> a day that will. Do you think we're really talking here? He was not mid sentence. <laughs> He was not mid-sentence. It was the end of a sentence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Foo Fighters released an animated video for their latest single, Chasing Birds. The visual shows Dave Grohl alone in the desert, where suddenly his eyes deceive him everywhere he looks. The song comes from the band's 10th studio album, Medicine at Midnight. Paul McCartney, Kate Bush, Noel Gallagher... And other British and UK-based musicians have signed an open letter to England's Prime Minister Boris Johnson calling on him to embrace reforms that would improve streaming revenues for artists, performers, and songwriters. Could you do that? Uh, you've heard a lot of people complain about this. Yes. A lot of, yeah, a lot of yeah. musicians have. So, no set system. 
Uh, the letter is backed by the Musicians Union. It's called the Boodly Boodly Accord. And the <laughs> Ivers Academy. Uh, boodly, 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 boodly. Which represents tens of thousands of UK musical professionals. And it comes as artists in the UK await the final report and official recommendations from members of Parliament following an inquiry into the economics of streaming. Uh, so, per Billboard, the report is expected to be published before a July recess. And then one more thing, uh, it just a uh, remembering this date, uh, it was five years ago today that Prince passed away. Wow. Yeah. Hard That's to believe crazy. that was five yeah, years yeah. ago. 57 Everything years old. Everything seems like it's 15 years ago. <clears throat> was an accidental overdose. Uh, and obviously we all remember that when it took place and all the... Uh, um, you know, tributes that were uh, out at that particular time, uh, the, the following days. Uh, but coming up on July 30th is, is the latest archival Prince release that has been pulled from the seemingly un- endless vaults at Paisley Park, uh, titled Welcome to America. Is Paisley Park open now for that museum thing they were doing or were planning well, they, on doing? they had it open as a, well, they were going to do something special with right. um, his uh, his ashes, I believe. Uh, but, Steve, I'm not sure. I think, yes, you can go and tour it, but I don't yeah. know what the story is on how regularly it's open. Right. Or if you have to make appointments. But I, That'd be I, pretty cool. I told you, I want to see it someday. Uh, the album was uh, recorded back in 2010 and left unreleased, so that will be coming out on July 30th. And there you go. That is what I have in music news for you. All right, we are going to take a break, but, Kathy, I need a secret text word caller. What number caller you want to take? 13. All right, let's do that. Number 13-215-263-WMMR. You need to know the secret text word. We'll come back with winners and more, so stay with us. Temple of the Dog at 30. Why it sounds different now. A deep dive into what went into the groundbreaking album by Beasley Managing Editor Brian Ives. Plus, see exclusive photos from their first concert at the Tower in 2016. And check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush with Burt Kreischer, live from Serbia. 10.57 on a Wednesday, and Wednesdays mean secret text word, and we were looking for a winner. And I'm going to go to the calls and see if we can find it. was number 13 that we wanted, I believe, and that's Julie. Hey there, Julie. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What? Julie, what's the secret text word? Highlighter. You got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I want you to hang on, Jules. I'm going to give you a digital download of Vanquish, the intense action thriller that shows what desperation can drive a person to do. Starring Ruby Rose and Morgan Freeman. Available now on digital and on demand everywhere you rent movies. Rated R from Lionsgate. And we're also grabbing a random texter. And that random texter is Gilbert Fernandez. Hey! Who is from Ridley Park. And Gilbert gets the exact same thing. Digital download for you of Vanquish. So congratulations to you, sir. Quick couple of thank yous. I want to thank uh, Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal, for being yeah. on the show. Founder and co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. They have a book series or a book, new book, which is called Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. It's a it's kind of a self-help book. And uh, so the guy has a good pedigree and his wife uh, definitely knows her stuff as well. Yep. They've been at it for a while. So thanks to them. And a short but really interesting conversation uh, from a gentleman who survived an avalanche on Mount Everest. And Jim Davidson was his yes. name. So we thank Jim Davidson. And the name of his book is uh, The Next Ever Surviving the Mountain's Deadliest Day. 
and finding the resilience to climb again. Sometimes you just have to clean yourself up and move forward. Yeah. And that's what happens. What has happened? Right, Pierre? Cream incident over here. There's some spillage. Um, yeah, I just... <laughs> got to go a little lower on your jacket there, what buddy. What happened? Pierre. The tornado just got here. Well, oh, Pierre's yeah. dressed rather natally today, and he got oh, some... Uh, he uh, is dressed really yeah. Some. It's everywhere. We're in a sport coat and everything. He's pouring cream into his coffee cup, and it I was didn't all go into the coffee cup. Cream into my Any coffee cup. Any of it went in. It's a story of survival. Part of it went on my jacket. Part of it went on my... Did any of it go in the coffee? Most of it, yeah. <laughs> no. No, it none of it. Yeah. Oh. No, that sucks. It's um, insult to injury. Well, you know, I was reaching for my, you know, those yogurts they have in the little plastic containers? Yeah. Yes. And they've got granola in them and berries. Yeah. They're nice. They're yeah. really wonderful. And I went to grab one in the studio on Monday, <laughs> and the top fell off and the entire yogurt. Not in the board. No, oh, um, but all over the floor. Oh, Especially no. when you're looking forward to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the that worst. Was discouraging. And then I was—I really had a Monday thing going on Monday, and I—I I have my own coffee pot in my studio, and um, you put the cone, and then you put the paper in the cone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you put the coffee in the paper in the cone. Put the water in the water well and you turn on and so i pressed on and i'm happily going about my way well i actually had yogurt all over the bottom of my pants and all over my shoes and still on the carpet but i said well i'll get to that later one thing at a time one crisis at a time right meanwhile i'm doing my program right and then i hear i said that doesn't sound good and i look over and i realize i hadn't put the cone with the paper and the coffee into the actual machine. So water is oh, yeah, yeah. all over mm-hmm. everything. I know what you're talking about. And, okay. and flailing about. And and I'm going, oh, dear. Yes. And then, so I went and got extra water and was putting it in the water canister. And then I put too much water in and then everything started overflowing. Um, so, um, I think you missed your calling as a bomb disposal unit yes, uh, uh, leader, uh, Pierre. The hurt locker. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> But uh, police departments throughout the neighborhoods and throughout the country, if you're listening to this broadcast, I'm available. I was was here late on Monday, and all I heard was a vacuum in between each one of your breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I had the good sense to, some time ago, buy one of these high-tech shop vac little Dyson kind of things. They're excellent. Um, yeah. And, and it's it, a wet vac as well. It, it is. Yeah. And it's portable and it charges. And so I, I'm I'm gobbling up granola and <laughs> a yogurt slices. Well, I'd already washed everything because you can't just, you know, as a clean freak yourself, Kathy, as am I. Yeah. Uh, you have to wash everything and then rewash it and then scrub. And then uh, it must have looked like Crawford someone said, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the dirt. <laughs> yes. Um, exactly, as Joan Crawford said, but it must have looked like someone threw a grenade into a brunch. It did. Yeah. It did. And there's nothing worse than a grenaded brunch. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, real quick, I want to take a page out of your book, if you don't mind. Somebody's requesting a zap. Oh. Sure. Oh. So, Keynes, uh, we're going we're gonna to send a zap out. It says, hey, I was wondering if I could get a zap uh, for a local business playing MMR. Java Dog Cafe uh-huh. in Salem, New Jersey has you guys on. And I'm loving it so much. Jamming to rush while waiting for my tea. And that's from Sammy. In New Jersey. So a zap, please. And that's for Java Dog Cafe in Salem, New Jersey. So did we have to Kathy hit that button. Kathy. She's been acting up all morning. You really think all that you said about Bill West. 
And she just started, like, attacking him. I mean, gosh. By the way, there's a great picture posted of Kathy on our Instagram account (laughs) of how she goes to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) No, Nick, can you pull it up, the the other one? Hang on. Well, I mean, I've been trying to, as long as we've been together as a couple, Kathy, and I've been trying to to tell her... Is that, did you, is that a real picture? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's her in the stalls here. Wow. Uh, I've been, because, I mean, at concerts, when we go to concerts, she's right in the porta potty and she is like, you know, just um, groveling. And she doesn't worry about washing her no, hands or things like that. Oh, my no. God. Um, and then she goes right into the mosh pit with a lot of the sweaty guys and yeah. gals. And um, then she goes and has a, you know, a few shots. And, um, you know, and she shares those shots with anyone who's near her. Don't you, hon? Yeah, something like that. Honey bunny. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, listen, we should probably take care of business and do our letter. You ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show brought to you today by the letter R, as in remember. All right. And we have $300 from Aspiration. With an Aspiration debit card, you can choose to plant a tree with every purchase. And you'll get up to 10% cash back at environmentally friendly partners and access up to 20 times the interest of a traditional bank. Get complete details when you sign up for a better world at aspiration.com slash green. And what's in store for today, man? Well, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. We'll have workforce blocks of Queen and The Who. And for Robert Smith's birthday, I know you love The Cure, Steve, as I do. do I. Uh, I love a lot of that music. It's so, great. That, that, I don't know, 80s, new yeah. wave. They, there's so many different names for it, but just great music. It's just great rock and roll. But it's, uh, it's, it's, they're so dreamy and drifty, and those Cure songs just get you moving, too. Yeah, I love that. I'll definitely be listening. So we'll do a workforce block of that. Wonderful. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, also Dunkin', the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show, and Coors Pure, an organic light beer that is refreshingly simple. Uh, Tomorrow on the program, actor Dean Norris. Ah! Hank from Breaking Bad. He's great. And loads of other things will be joining us. We also have... The director of City of Lies, starring Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker. His name is Brad Furman. He's uh-huh. from the area. He grew up in Lafayette Hill. He's a big Preston Steve fan. Grew up listening to MMR, so we're going to have him on the show. I'm Wonderful. familiar with Brad Furman. Huh? That's cool. I didn't realize that. We'll have them on uh, tomorrow. More chances to win with, of course, the money clip. Pierre's got a couple of shots at that as well. That is it. We are done. Rage on. And have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat bat two da bat two ba 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 ba